Tonight on IBC, Cincinnati Jeff and Nachos McWerewolf discover the true meaning of Christmas. With violence. And alcohol. And jackassery. IBC, you'll love it. God damn, is that Lee Majors? Aw, shit! Here comes the spooky! Somebody better give a bone to this fucking lucky dog over here, my buddy, Cincinnati Jeff. What's going on, all you chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 32. This time we're going to talk about some unsung Christmas movies before we find out why Bill Murray's hanging out with Mary Lou Retton and the Solid Gold Dancers. So sit back, relax, tie your buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. I think you can see her nipple. You'll love it. What's going on, everybody? I am your host, Cincinnati Jeff, and with me this Christmas season is always my best friend, my co-host, the other Duke of Spook, Nachos McWerewolf. Nachos, how you doing, buddy? How the fuck you doing drinking your uh, tab cola over there, my dude? <laughs> tasty treat. Mmm, mmm, tab, diet. What's weird about tab is that uh, the first time... badger. The first time I ever had it uh, was... We were hanging out at the farmer's market. My mom was buying some trees or some shit, and they had a soda machine. And I wanted, like, an orange soda that, it, that fucking wouldn't come out. It was out. They did, I wanted an RC. wouldn't come out. So then I just hit tab, and tab came out because I remember fucking hearing about tab in... It's everything. Yeah. In like, the 80s. In the 80s. So yeah. was, I'm, Back to the Future is my big Back to the Future guy. But turns out it was diet tab. Now, tab's already a diet drink. So How the hell like do you make diet diet? diet. diet. Yeah. It's like skinny Oreos. Fuck off. It was awful. My mom's like, why did you get that? Even the guy that was like helping my mom put the trees in the car is like, why did you buy this, young man? I'm like, because your soda machine's not working, and this is all they had, and my mom gave me 50 cents. Because I'm watching my girlish figure. <laughs> it was awful. But I drank it all because I'm a cheapskate. That's right, dude. So, uh, we- all right. Uh, tonight... Here Comes the Spooky is doing um, a new kind of episode. Uh, you know, you, you didn't read this wrong if you saw the description. We are reviewing Scrooged, the yeah, 1988 yeah. comedy classic, the Christmas comedy classic. Yes. But you know what? It checks the boxes it's, for a lot of horror movie it's tropes. It's got some scary fucking shit going on here. Traumatized me as a kid. We'll kind of get to that. Right? But it's, it's got some spooky shit, man. It, it, it's it's just great. So, and it's fucking hilarious. And it's Christmas. And it's Christmas. Right? So quit and, bitching. And I want to thank you, Nachos, for picking this because I love this movie. No problem, man. Dude, this this is a fun movie. Oh, it's it, it's a treat. Uh, before we get into it, uh, just want to remind everybody, you can uh, check us out on HereComesTheSpooky.com, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We also have a store up on on uh, on our uh, website at herecomesspooky.com where you can buy uh, can koozies and buttons and, and stickers and all that fun jazz. We also have a Patreon. Uh, if you love the show, we appreciate you for being a fan. If you'd like to support it and help us, if you got just a couple extra better. bucks in your pocket and you're gonna buy it on scratcher tickets or fucking tab, 
tab or diet tab or skinny ass Oreos or fucking <laughs> jabs, you know, maybe it would be really cool if you could just throw us a buck or two. Right? Hey, just uh, we we would appreciate it. We'll it send, would we'll, help. We'll send you nipple pics. Uh, considering we did have uh, these last couple episodes some equipment issues, so like the fun stuff we had with the extra quality, uh, like production where we had like sound effects and things like that, have been nixed. Um, we are working to try to afford a new board to get that on, so we are saving up for that. So of course the Patreon will help pay for that when we can get to it but hey if you can't that's fine too we just appreciate you listening but if you got an extra buck a month throw it our way we'd really appreciate it i'll fucking let you rub my belly or something and you get i'll to, rub your belly Fuck. you get all kinds of cool stuff by joining the patreon too so that's right and speaking of patreon we have a new member oh shit who we got a new member of the spooky squad who's that uh our good friend gentle ben signed oh, up gentle ben you yep. you Beautiful motherfucker. He signed up at the $10 level, so he gets a shout-out here. He gets all kinds of fun free stuff. He gets a uh, personalized Instagram and uh, Twitter post from us, and we say anything he wants. And he also gets to call in on an episode and just talk about whatever he wants to talk about, right? He, oh, he can ask his questions. Shit, it's not going to be movie-related if he doesn't want it to be. It can be whatever the hell he wants it to be on, so that's going to be a good time. I cannot wait for whatever bullshit he's going to fucking pipe in with. It'll be good, though. It'll be fun. He's like, what, uh, can you guys run down for the next 30 minutes, like, your favorite Scottish, um, you know, albums with bagpipes? Sure. Corn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's uh, the amazing Swan Swansea brother. That's a thing. Okay, whatever. All right, so moving on. Uh, first up, we've got a couple of talking points for news and stuff. The Mandalorian Season 2 has just wrapped. That's right. This isn't even horror-related as as uh, the rest of this we episode We do what not. we want! But, goddammit, this fucking thing was so good, we have oh, to talk about my it. my fucking God. Are, are we just doing this now? Are we no, gonna... no, no, no. So okay, this all right. It's so goddamn good, we just want to let you folks out there listening know that we are actually going to bring you a special episode later today on this exact topic because the fucking Mandalorian. And we fucking love it. you in Star Wars. Right? We fucking uh, love Star Wars up in the CNC Fart Factory. Heads up, we're going to be dropping spoilers like whoa yeah. so be on the up and up or so, yeah so check that out okay. and then i also put up a list here so because of the yearly dispute between loved ones every christmas about watching die hard in my house <clears throat> we wanted to bring you our list of under the radar underrated christmas mm -hmm. movies by the way, uh, Die Hard is totally a Christmas movie. And part two. And part two. So um, there are, I've got many on this list. Uh, I'm sure some of you have already watched them. They're not necessarily um, focused on Christmas or, you know, they're not necessarily holiday specials. So you're not going to hear me talk about Charlie Brown or the Pinky and the Brain Christmas special, even though those are fantastic. Man, that Pinky and the Brain one's sad as fuck. Oh, uh, I cried. And I still cry every time when he's like... If you've got in that big old bag of yours, the world. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, this movie already made me cry like seven times watch. I'm like, I'm a big, big, tough man. Bill Murray movie. It's gonna make me cry. I tear up every time Brain's reading the letter that fucking Pinky wrote to Santa. Oh. We're just gonna edit out me sobbing for the next five <laughs> minutes. So on uh, this list, in no particular order, right? <clears throat> First up is Batman Returns. Hell this yeah. Hell is yeah. a family favorite from our good friend Aaron Southworth from the Horrible Horror Podcast. I love those guys. Check them out. <clears throat> uh, but uh, Batman Returns, starring Michael Douglas. Um, Oh, yeah, it's his real name. If you didn't those know... Those gears were spinning <clears throat> for a second. I was like, am I going to have to school this motherfucker? If you did not know, Michael Keaton's real name is actually Michael Douglas. It's actually Tina Yothers. <laughs> fun fact. Um, 
It's a little known fact. Yeah, so when he started like getting into real acting and he signed up with like the SAG and stuff, right? Michael Douglas was already taken by obviously Michael Douglas. There was also a daytime talk show host by the name of Michael Douglas. So uh, he just looked through a phone book and picked up Keaton. Actually, it has nothing to do with Diane Keaton. They're not related in any way. Oh, kind of like how Shelley Duvall and Robert Duvall are not related. Just fucking weird. They just they both have teeth. Some just have more than others. <laughs> <laughs> we went pretty hard on Shelly Duvall's fucking uh, mouth hole the last episode, so I'm going to be a little kinder and gentler, but no, that bitch's mouth looks like the Space Gate or Stargate. Okay. Uh, Black Christmas. Fuck pick, yeah. Pick without, yours. Dude. Uh, At least the original and the first remake. OG and the remake, and I haven't seen the Provoke, He Hate, fucking, I don't know, it's I haven't no seen it. Santa Slays, which we covered down last Christmas with Dogmaster Dan. Hands down, probably one of the best intros to any movie, let alone any Christmas movie ever. That one and Santa Slays and Scrooge probably have the best intros to fucking Christmas movies. It's just good. Uh, I have The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's um, Gina Davis. Gina Davis, that's right. And uh, Samuel? Samuel Jackson. Yeah, that's a fun movie. That's Is that a sequel or is The Bone Collector the sequel to that? No, no, neither. Oh, okay. Neither. It's just a standalone, just action flick kind of thing. It's fun, though. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're listening, and they're like, I I've, I remember that. I've, I've heard of that. It's a lot of times since I've seen it. Watch it. It's super good. It's 98 or something. It's definitely the 90s, okay. mid-90s. Okay. I have Trading Places. Oh, fuck yeah. What is Eddie Murphy's character when he's uh, wheeling himself around in the cart? Uh, so it's Billy Ray Valentine is his character name. And, oh, man, when he's pretending to be the blind vet. Who lost his legs? Sam Gang, Wong Kong, <laughs> Special Agent Orange. <laughs> That's what it was. I that has one of my favorite images, and I blast that shit on social media all the time. Uh, Texas Nick, this one's for you. Uh, where Dan Aykroyd is drunk as shit in the dirty ass Santa suit, and he's eating salmon through his fucking beard, just making. <laughs> I fucking love that shit, man. Is Ghostbusters 2 a Christmas movie? Uh, no, that's a New Year's. Okay, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. And Trading Places takes place through Christmas into New Year's for sure, but a lot of it's focused on during the Christmas holiday season. Actually, it's I think it's over the span of a year. No, no, because they're giving out Christmas bonuses. Yeah. And, and he's like, New wow, years. five bucks, I can go to the movies by myself. Go ahead, count it, count it. It's all that, count it. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I've got Krampus. Still haven't seen it. I know it's Michael Doherty, old boy who did Trick or Treat, and uh, it's Bidu. it's it's fun. Don't come at it as like looking for like a scary movie. No, come at it like uh, how you would if you uh, if you wanted to see like Slither. Okay, so it's a good time. Yeah, get some buddies, a couple beers, and uh... the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. Naughty. Oh, naughty. naughty. Grandpa needs to calm the fuck down. <laughs> and uh, got the quigs. It's got the quigs. Mom's got yeah. dude. It's all over that yeah, movie. I was gonna say. Quigs' his boobies. Uh, Jack Frost, not the Michael Douglas one. Or Michael Keaton, whatever nah, you want to call that's, uh, a, that's a dog shit movie, but it's fun. It is. The second one is weird. He's in the tropical island. I got a don't on the second <laughs> one, but that first one, Shannon Elizabeth and the... Where's he get that carrot from, buddy? Uh-huh. <laughs> I like the first Jack Frost. I remember going to Blockbuster, and they had like those lenticular covers mm-hmm. on the VHS, and I was always picking up and Hell just fucking yeah. playing with it. That shit's <laughs> fun, man. Uh, Die Hard 2 yep. is hands down, right? If the first one's a fucking Christmas movie, which the second one also is as is well. Is that the, the one with Robert Patrick? Yes. And uh, who's the bad guy in that? So Robert Patrick's in it. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Also, it's not Terrence Stamp. Our old boy from uh, Hills Run Red. Um, oh, William Sadler. William Sadler. Yeah, I almost uh, called him Rucker Howard three times <laughs> in my head. I was like, you know, that's not right. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, the dad who runs McDougal's uh, or McDowell's from. Uh, see, we have the gold coming to America. Huh? <laughs> they got the golden arches. Arch. We've got the golden arc. Man, how many times are we going to go back to trading places in the span of five minutes? That's coming to America. Oh, fuck my face. You're right. This is kind of like a spinoff of that. And kind of like a prequel to Black Panther, but whatever. So, also, Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> mm, what'd you have for breakfast? A gun in your mouth? Jesus, fuck <laughs> Mel Gibson. Calm down. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least on this list gremlins fuck yes right man we should probably do gremlins at some point we should that's a good movie i mean most people are opening up christmas presents while everybody else is opening up wrists god damn phoebe cates's fucking monologue about where her dad went it it fucks me up man we should probably say you okay that's how my dad died all right so moving on Scrooged, when, where was the first time you saw this Sorry, movie? Hot Dog. You oh. left out Maniac Cop 2. You're right. I actually did. You know what? I, I, I wrote it down and meant to type that in. It's okay, buddy. Because we even talked about that. I'm always talking about Maniac Cop 2. I love that fucking movie. Robert Zadar. The chin. His fucking face looks like a kiddie pool. <laughs> or a bumper car. Not anymore. All right, Scrooge. Rest in peace, you <clears throat> cherub-faced bastard. <laughs> When, where was the first time you saw this movie, Nachos? Uh, I think like it was a family family function thing, probably like in, fucking in the early '90s kind of thing. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's a good flick. It is fantastic. Uh, for me, my mom is big into horror movies. She's big into uh, like Ghostbusters as well as the rest of the family. So this was a no brainer when it came out. Like this was one of the first movies we got on VHS, but we didn't buy it. This was recorded at Grandma's house from her HBO. Hell yeah! So we had that fucking VHS, the TV copy. But you know what? It was still HBO, so it was fucking totally uncut. Fantastic. I'm, I still have that on a VHS tape with a bunch of other Christmas specials, like Garfield Christmas special and Charlie Brown, um, the uh, the Magoo Christmas special, which is fucking really sad if you've never fucking seen it. Is that uh, is the Peanuts one called You Have Seasonal Depression, Charlie Brown? <laughs> You're a rat bastard, Charlie Brown. It also has this great Christmas special that never gets talked about. It's the Muppet Family Christmas, so it's not the Muppet Christmas Carol. That Cajun one with the bears and shit? <laughs> this is the one where they go to Fozzie's mom's house, and it's oh, a crossover it's with Sesame Street, Muppets, and Fraggle Rock. Jesus Christ. It's did you, fucking Did you leave anybody dope. out? It's it, awesome. And it, Jim Henson's in it. Isn't it like the birthplace of Muppet Babies, too, or am I smoking crack? Uh, it is the birthplace of the Muppet Babies. You're 100% correct. It is because there's a fucking home video of them being fucking Muppet Babies. Like in diapers and shit. Did you ever yep. see fucking Nanny's face? No, it's just it's just them like goofing around on on the on the carpet and shit. But it's fucking dope. And my favorite fucking my favorite puppet Muppet, Swedish Chef, fucking tries to cook Big Bird. I wouldn't fucking it's step fucking to Big hilarious, Bird. Fucking hilarious, dude. Big Bird would fucking. Homely, homely, humongous. I fucking love the Swedish Chef, dude. Whoa, hold up, I got one more. Him and the Count are my two fucking favorites. Uh. Isn't isn't Ghost Story a Christmas movie? The one with all the old fucks or that run a train on that chick? I thought that was a New Year's thing. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Anyway, we'll I'm, get to it. One I'm day. gonna stop shooting at the hip. 
So, down so we throat. watch this uh, all the time. I, you know, with we recorded stuff HBO in like '92, so I was like seven years old, and just love it. This is not a video nasty. This is not on our Hello, Hello nasty! nasty list. Directed by Richard Donner. You may have heard of this man. He directed The Omen. Hell yeah. Superman 1 and Which, 2. I want to say it's a Christmas movie. I just, I have a fucking feeling The Omen's a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, he also directed The Goonies. Never heard of it. Oh, is that that Monster Squad ripoff with Corey Feldman? <laughs> and Every Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Richard Donner, you've, you've had to have yeah, fucking heard of him. You've ran into a Richard Donner movie at some point in your life. Right? So now it's time to meet our casualties burn 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 oh my god he's killing me okay okay go ahead so there is such a long list of fucking people that are in this movie i mean intensely long that I, there was no way I was going to even fucking do that kind of homework on this. Well, how long's a piece of string? <laughs> it's too goddamn long. Yep. Uh, half as long as you think it is. <laughs> That's dumb. I like that. <laughs> uh, so I just put down the main cast here. This does not include the ghosts or anything like that. Cool. Uh, Cause we'll just kind of talk about them as they come. So first up, we got Bill Murray who plays Frank Cross. Hell yeah. Uh, of course, you know, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Groundhog Day, What About Bob, Kingpin, Garfield, Garfield, Garfield says Tale of Two Kitties, fucking uh, Charlie's Angels, Zombieland, like, you know, Life Aquatic Steve Sizu. Do you have any regrets? Probably Garfield. <laughs> if you don't know who Bill Murray is, turn this fucking episode off and go to hell. Yeah, figure it out, dipshit. Uh, next oh. up is Karen Allen, who plays Claire Phillips. She I was fucking in- love. Animal House, mm-hmm. the Indiana Jones movies. That's right. Uh, the first one and the last one. She played uh, uh, Marion Mary. Ravenwood. That's right. The Sandlot. Never saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. You grew up in the 90s? You didn't watch The Sandlot? Yeah, I'm probably saving it for when I'm older. <laughs> also in Ghost in the Machine, if you remember that one. Kind of came around at the same time as The Net, but it's like, ghosts live on the internet kind of thing. Computers. It's a movie. It's a, it's a horror movie. <laughs> Never heard of it, man. John Forsyth, who plays Lou Hayward. That he's the the old dude, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Uh, so I have just have my notes just to go ahead and ask your parents who he is. Uh, big name for back then. He was also in uh, and Justice for All with uh, Pacino. So if you ever saw that, and it, that's a good movie. Mm-mm. Pacino's good as shit, though. John Glover, who pray, plays Bryce Cummings. Okay, let's let's hear what he's from because I got some questions. Gremlins two. Fuck yes. Okay. RoboCop two. <laughs> RoboCop two is a weird movie. In also, the mouth of madness. I think it's a Christmas movie. You just want to say that about every. No, I think third RoboCop two is a Christmas movie. Uh, I was in In the Mouth of Madness. That that movie fucking rules. Oh yeah. Do you read Sutter Kane? He was also in Batman and Robin. Is that the fourth one? Yes, that's the one with the bat nipples. He's in the beginning. He's the one that's selling off the. Pamela Ivy's formula. Huh. Looks like I got to go back and never rewatch that film. Uh, he was also in the real Captain Marvel or AKA Shazam. Oh yeah. He played fucking like Savania's dad or some shit. That's right. That movie's bad. The big oh, brain shit. I remember when we saw that in theaters and the fucking subtitles were on 
And I'm like, this is the best. I can fucking read the movie. I know. I love that. I think my favorite gag from that whole movie is where it's him and Dr. Savani or whatever. They're like fucking four street blocks away. And Savan is just talking to Shazam like, yeah. Shazam's like, what? I can't hear you. Are you saying something? That... What? I see your lips moving. And when the lights go out, things get real Game of thrones around here. <laughs> Oh, a crippled orphan. What more could he ask for? Nita's <laughs> kid has it all. I don't know, man. That movie fucked me up. That was probably like the last good movie I saw in theater. That is a fucking stellar movie. Uh, we have um, Alfre Woodard, who plays Grace Cooley. She was in Heart and Soul, Star Trek First Contact, Primal Fear, which is fantastic. It's a Richard Gere movie. That's fucking I thought that was dope. that fucking fighting dinosaur game. And <laughs> it is. She was also um, uh, Mama, um, oh, what the fuck's her name? In Luke Cage, the, oh, the Netflix season one okay. and two. Okay, all right. Yeah, she's the fucking, like, the, the, the queen pin. There we go. So to speak. Yeah, yeah uh, good term. Good she was term. fantastic. I'm trying to fucking remember her name, but uh, she was awesome. And then, of course, last, but certainly not least, Bobcat Goldwaith plays Elliot Loudermilk. That you is such a from, fucking weird name. Uh, yeah. He's in the Police Academy movie. It's fucking Bobcat. Like, you it's fucking Bobcat. know. It's the only Bobcat other than the fucking rental equipment fucking heavy machinery place. Or, like, the feral-ass cat that screams like a lady. But if you don't know, check out Shakes the Clown. <laughs> My pussy's like peanut butter. It's creamy and easy to spread. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Dude, Steiger and I used to rent the shit out of that. It's like, I think he got drunk and shit himself again. The, the clown, not my buddy. I love Shakes the Clown. That merits a rewatching. That's a good one. Ah, So, released in uh, November 1988. Now, uh, instead of horror movies that came out around the same time, I did Christmas movies oh, this time. Oh, it up, buddy. So, we've got Ernest Saves Christmas. I, I think that's a Christmas movie. A Very Brady Christmas. Is that like a TV movie? I think it was, yeah, it was, it was, I don't think it was a theatrical movie. Uh, the Christmas Wife, uh, that has um, Jason Robards in it. That's, it's, a, it's, it's whatever. I have no idea who the fuck that is. The Care Bears Nutcracker Suite. Yeah. And then Christmas at Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, I fucking love Pee Wee's Playhouse. Anytime I get real sad, I'll fucking either put on the Inspector Gadget theme song or the Pee Wee's Playhouse fucking intro. And it makes me feel like I just did a fucking eight ball. <laughs> I'm still sad, but I feel like I'm a fucking cocaine. I feel like so. I'm on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so how to watch, of course, is uh, VHS, Laserdisc, yep. multiple DVDs, hey. the You'll Love It mm-hmm. Blu-ray with uh, you know a few special features, which is good. And so then all, not- the only special feature I got was a fucking trailer, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's so I have the You'll Love It uh, DVD, and that's all that's on there. there there's um, they're, they're subtitles be. though. So, oh, praise the fucking maker. <laughs> oh, hey, I brought my copy of Scrooge with me. It has a digital code. Should we like try to raffle that off later or something? We can try. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Nachos, you had a, you had a, a a streaming service that had it, right? Yeah, Fobo or Fubo, not Tubi, not our beloved Tubi, but it's like fucking Evan Williams' cousin version. So it's a fucking knockoff Tubi. <laughs> that's that's what they're saying. That's what the kids say. Oh How do you knock off fucking Tubi, which is like a knockoff of Netflix, which actually is way better than Netflix. We yeah, are, Netflix can suck it. So Netflix is raising their fucking prices. We are cutting our Netflix off to like 
Like the lowest fucking base fucking package. Or they just send you discs. No, yeah, it's the streaming one, but it's like just so my son can watch like the cartoons that he likes on there and shit. Because like supposed to be a new Transformers show coming out. I'm kind of pumped about. I don't watch Netflix. They've lost all the fucking good shit. And with the exception of like community reruns, which should be on Peacock anyway. I think it's still on Hulu too. I could be wrong, but that's where I watched it several times. Is on Netflix does have that Invader Zim movie though. I gotta blow my nose, dude. I'm like, uh, all right, you're good, you're okay. good, you're good, you're good, good. I'm sure you can randomly jump yep. around for a minute. So yeah, uh, ultimately though, just kind of fuck Netflix. Not super cool with their fucking price raising that just keeps going up and up and up. And they're like, no, we are doing this to bring you more original content. And don't get me wrong, Netflix has great stuff, Stranger Things, uh, Ozarks, stuff like that. And I get it, that's fun stuff. And I want to support it. However, I just feel like the price that they're asking is just too much as where Amazon is bringing you original content and not raising your fucking prices like that. Or if they are, you're still getting extra fucking bonuses like free two-day shipping and all that good jazz for an entire year. That's enjoyable. Netflix, however, you've lost pretty much all your great programming that isn't original programming. You did pick up Cobra Kai, which I am fucking looking forward to. And I'm... Unfortunately, going to watch Cobra Kai Season 3 because it comes out on, like, the 8th of January, and then uh, Netflix raises their prices on, like, the 18th, so I'm like, good, I get fucking nine days to fucking watch this shit, then I'm fucking out the door. Amazon also has, like, a pretty good selection of hard-to-find horror flicks. They really do. I watched The Driller Killer there. Whoa. Toolbox Murders. It's like the OG? Or yeah. The... I've never seen the original, but... The New York Ripper was on there? <laughs> that movie where that chick gets fucking towed in her pussy and Donald Duck... That is one of my favorite early horrible horror episodes too. Is that Fulci or is that Bava? Because it's a yeah, it's an Italian um, movie. Yeah, is is that a is that a, a, a giallo? That's a giallo or giallo. That fucking word. Yeah, I think it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna run that into the ground. Fuck no. <laughs> All right. So let's horse around with some maniacs, huh? All right. So the movie opens with some ominous la-la-las. Should I do that? Jump it now, okay. Wait, no. Okay, all right, save that for later. Um, Before kicking straight into high fucking gear. We get a nice aerial shot of uh, Santa's village as this score that can only be fucking... It's Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah. I heard that, I'm like, oh, I know that boy. That's Danny Elfman. Right? So uh, we move into the North Pole, uh, into Santa's workshop, where a bunch of elves and the clauses are preparing for Christmas Eve. When out the window, an elf notices a missile heading straight for Santa's workshop. Santa yells, incoming, and tells everyone to take cover as the North Pole is bombarded with a barrage of fucking missile fire. Did you catch that goth elf? That has to be somebody. Yeah, and she's, like, taller than, because obviously they used little people for yeah. back then. And then, like, she's taller than everybody else. She's wearing, like, a choker that's a dog collar, spiked it's dog collar harder, choker. Daddy Santa. Stock my stuffings. <laughs> Suddenly, a bunch of dudes dressed in black pop up behind the snowdrifts and just open fire on Santa's village with automatic machine guns. While inside, Mrs. Claus screams, Let's get him! <laughs> oh, this is fucking awesome. Awesome. And she opens up a cabinet stocked full of automatic fucking rifles. This is like fucking Ted Nugent's wet dream. 
As the North Pole prepares for war, a tall man dressed in all white rides up in a snowmobile and fights his way into the shop while holding this massive fucking chain gun. It's straight up old painless from fucking Predator. (laughs) He takes off his ski goggles when Santa cries out, it's Lee Majors, the six million dollar man. <laughs> I fucking lost my shit so hard. I was just cackling. And Lee tells Santa to go out the back while he takes care of the bad guys, but Santa says, Not this time. This time Santa's going out the front door. <laughs> When suddenly we are treated to a narrator telling you, 7 o'clock, psychos see Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them in the night the reindeer died. I'm pretty sure Fright Rags has that (laughs) shirt. Also, I like how the fucking, uh, the terrorists are popping up like a level of Area 51 kind of shit. (laughs) Right, like it's fucking Hogan's Alley. If fucking Lee Majors just mowing him down. <laughs> Reminds me of that fucking scene from Hot Shots Part 2 where right. he just grabs a handful of bullets and throws it at the guys and they just fall. <laughs> that movie's fucking burnt. I just, what a fucking, I mean, and then it only gets better from there, but like, what a great fucking opening so far. We then cut to another commercial for Bob Goulet's old fashioned Cajun Christmas. <laughs> I'm fucking just, IBC. You'll love it. I like he's just singing fucking going down on his like uh, Tom Huck raft or whatever. And that fucking alligator just fall. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> it's like, and he even like, like Robert Goulet is like pushing himself along. He like even looks back, like kind of worried like, about hey, the fucking alligator. Gator, could you fucking don't? <laughs> I only know him as Robert Goulet. I don't know his Bob thing is weird to me. Yeah, it just makes me laugh. So then we are followed by an even raunchier commercial. <laughs> for a fucking leave it to beaver knockoff hey dad hey mom i'm looking for dad if i know your father he's out chasing beaver father loves beaver on ibc you'll Yule. love it and i love it's fucking yule like yuletide y-u-l-e the yule log. <laughs> Do you remember that snl skit i think it was like robert goulet's coconut banger no. no, so you know uh, what I'm talking Will about? Ferrell did him like a couple times when he, he <laughs> animal goulet, goulet. They call me Animal Goulet because <laughs> he's like singing to a bald eagle and shit. That's ridiculous. So all this and more on IBC. The actual movie finally starts as the camera pans away, revealing a corporate boardroom filled with a bunch of yuppies reviewing the Christmas commercials we just saw. You got that scene where fucking uh, uh, Bill Murray, or what's his character's name? Freight Cross. Lumpy Cross, gotcha. He opens up a fucking mirror that's in his drawer, and he winks at it. <laughs> and I'm like, a then, boardroom in the 80s, a mirror? Right? Where's the razor? Where's the fucking snow? Come on, dog, get and, real. Then he sighs, and he's like, <sighs> and then he's like, show me the Scrooge promo. We are then treated to another pretty standard by this fucking company's fair. Uh, commercial where IBC announces that a worldwide live satellite feed on Christmas Eve for Charles Dickens' Scrooge, starring Buddy Hackett, Jamie Farr, the Solid Gold Dancers, Mary Lou Retton as Tiny Tim, and is hosted by Sir John Houseman. All right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that dude is the guy from The Fog at the very beginning who's doing the ghost story. He might be. I didn't Google it, but that motherfucker sounds the part. And if I'm wrong, fucking somebody school me. But I mean, right here is where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going over this fucking cast of characters. No, like, fucking Christ. Buddy Hackett, Jamie Farr. Like, we want to talk about Mash and Hot Lips. 
The solid gold dancers that they know what they did. Those that, motherfuckers. That's you fun. can see that chick's butthole. <laughs> Mary Lou Retton. Yeah, why was the '80s in love with Mary Lou Retton? She was America's sweetheart, dude. She was like what, like 15, and she won uh, the gold in gymnastics. All right, that's a pretty good reason. I'll let that slide. Uh, so as the promo finishes, Frank says that it sucks, and then berates the entire fucking room. But luckily, he's prepared his own promo. And this is when things get dark, and uh, so we want to make sure we get this right. <clears throat> okay, acid rain. And then it's like a dude fucking melting in the street, and this lady's umbrella's melted through, and she's screaming, drug addiction. It's and like it's fucking somebody cooking, cooking heroin. A, cooking a needle, like, international terrorism. It's a plane taking off, and it fucking explodes. My personal favorite, freeway killers. It's just some dude driving... Fucking car rolls up next to him. Guy with a fucking shotgun pops out, blows his fucking head off. Now, more than ever, it's important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Don't miss Charles Dickens' immortal classic Scrooge. Your life just might depend on it. <laughs> Perfect. I would fucking watch the dog shit out of the movie. It is kind of a fucking crying shame that it's not a real thing. <laughs> Eli Roth, get on that, you fucking garbage So, the promo makes some of them fucking visibly ill as they are fucking leaving the meeting. That dude is running out and getting ready to barf. But uh, Elliot Loudermilk stays behind to warn Frank that if he runs the special, he'll fucking terrify people. Yep. Frank acts like he's listening and taking good feedback and, you know, that he's listening to his warnings. But he just eventually brushes them off. He's just being a jackal. And once he leaves, Frank asks his assistant, Grace, to call security and have him fired immediately. And she's like, on Christmas? And he's like, thank you. Call payroll. Stop his bonus. She's like, security, we've got a code nine. I want to talk about Grace's hair for a minute. What's, what's, it's not good hair. I mean, it's the 80s, man. Who had good hair in the 80s? It's Bill Murray, surprisingly. I mean, he. I, I would never say. I would never be Look like. Look at those thinking, luscious locks uh, yeah, on like, Bill Murray. Yeah, they have a fucking 80s icon who has fucking great hair. Hey, Fabio. Fabio, sure. get the fuck out of here. We got Bill Murray. But like, fucking Bill Murray? No. He's not, He was born bald. <laughs> okay, all right. Born so. with male pattern baldness. <clears throat> So uh, while Elliot, or, while Frank's uh, having Elliot fired, um, he, st- he looks, he stops, and this is where we fucking first find out Frank's like a real huge dick. He starts fucking tearing down one of the drawings that Grace's kid has made Holy for her. Holy shit, Because fucking Mrs. Claus has 11 fingers. <laughs> I'm a fucking asshole, and I always make fun of my buddy's kid's drawing, but... You know, I'm I'm being facetious. I'm right. not actually that fucking horde of a bastard. But yeah, he straight tears that shit down. He's like, Grace, honey, what is this? It's my child's painting. No, that's a fucking crayon look, drawing. Don't lie to me. Look at Mrs. Claus. How many fingers does Mrs. Claus have? She's like 11. He's like, exactly. It's crap. And he just fucking crumbles it up and throws it away. What if the clauses are like deep incestual, you know, <laughs> like from generations? And that's why it's like wrong turn. That's why she's got 11 fingers and a third tit like the chick from Total Recall. Just saying. <laughs> So then Frank goes back to his office and he watches the security remove Elliot as he times them. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot about and that. And his belongings from the fucking building. He's watching them for a fucking telescope while Grace goes over Frank's Christmas list for his friends and family. Everyone either gets a new VCR or a bath towel, depending on if Frank needs to kiss their ass or not. A towel. Bath towel. Bath, bath towel. 
Uh, even his only brother gets a bath towel. But Grace, however, gets a bath towel and a face cloth as a bonus this year. <laughs> He's like, son of a bitch. Uh, and just then, Frank's bo- boss, Preston, then comes in and gives Frank some info about pets watching TV. He's like, do you know how many cats are in America? You know, like, he's like, do you know how many cats? Do you know how many cats there are in America, Frank? He's like, I, so I don't have those numbers. Right, right. <laughs> and that is the most absurd way to start a fucking conversation. I love it though. This, that's but it's this a good is. answer. That's it's when I when he fucking answers like that's exactly the kind of shit I say at work when somebody asks me some fucking ridiculous question like that. Well, I almost said the bad word, Aaron. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Ridiculous! I had to fucking come, switch it. Come and get your koozies. We got a Funko Pop waiting for you. He's just like, I uh, don't have those numbers. I'm like, that's the kind of fucking shit I say when somebody comes to me with something that's just ridiculous like that. Uh, and then what is he's like? He's like, thirty-six million. How many dogs? He's like in America. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like Forty-eight million. Bill Murray's just fucking. On point, classic Bill Murray. Like, These, I've got this study here. These scientists say that pets are starting to watch TV. And in 20 years, they can be viewers. I oh. want to start programming now. And then, like Bill Murray's like, call the police. He's like, Preston's like, now I understand this sounds crazy. I'm not saying we need to have shows centered around cats and dogs, but maybe every once in a while we throw in like a goldfish or what? Kojak had a lollipop. What if we have a cop that just dangles string? String. What if we have some like rapid movements happen? And sure as shit, that joke pays off. He's like, wasn't there a dormouse in Scrooge? He's like, I always thought there should have been. No, dormice. It's like, exactly. (laughs) A cop that dangles string. Fast, rapid movements. <laughs> Dude, sadly enough, I'd probably watch that show. I spilled my beer. I'm laughing about it. Hey, go see with that tab. All right. All right. Or easy on the Pepsi Ford. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Frank marvels at the uh, crazy-ass idea and uh, then is interrupted as he's walking pressed into the elevator by Bryce Cummings. I don't know how to feel about this, dude. I kind of want to punch him in the face. Oh, he's a fucking slime ball. For he's supposed sure. to be a jack off. Yeah, because it works. He's yeah. a jack off. Who is in the building to meet with Preston as he's an old friend of the family? Frank looks worried and asks Grace to run down info on Bryce because he wants to know why he is here and why he's meeting Preston. And he makes Grace stay late. And he's like, "If you work late, then I work, I work late." late. <clears throat> and then he goes on that tangent, like, "And if I'm working late, I'm working late." And if you're not working late, I can't work late. Which causes Grace to miss her doctor's appointment with her youngest son, who uh, doesn't speak a word, even though I think he's I think he's seven or eight. So give or take seven or eight. So with all this, Frank then heads back to his office, where it turns out his brother James has stopped by to surprise him with a visit. And he's on that exercise bike. Did you see the shit on the wall? No, in his what to bathroom? say? Is it something horrible? Well, because his last name's Cross, right? So he's got, like, fucking Webster's definition of Cross. Like, a poster of it on the wall. It says, Cross, a thing you nail people to. Jesus, <laughs> fuck. No, I it's guess I didn't twice, see. twice, dude. It's gr- it surrounds the window. <laughs> oh, wow, dude. Okay. Cross, a thing you nail people to. <laughs> God damn it, Richard Donner. Who wrote the tip this of the hat movie? to you? Uh, you know what? Let me fucking look that up. I I, I did not write that down. There is some slick fucking comedy in this shit. Uh, oh my god, I but it is fantastic. Perfect. I just it's it, and it's little shit like that. 
Ah, my computer's going to be janky. Oh, well, I don't know. Pop we'll, out your phone, dude. Let me look at it over here. So we're finding out who right, wrote it. I want to take a second. I want it's uh, Preston's face. He looks like uh, you remember Return of the Living Dead. Yes, the guy who's like he he's in there with Tom Matthews. He's the was he, I think his name's Ernie or something. He looks like he's the dude from Poltergeist that fucking sold Coach the bunkhouse. It's like you kept the bodies, but you moved the tombstones. It's that guy. He looks like a fucking melted version of him. It's written by uh, screenplay by Mitch Glazer, who nothing of note. Oh, it's Glazer from fucking uh, The Burning. <laughs> Pretty girl. Pretty girl. I'm gonna write this script for you. It's gonna be so good. And Michael Donahue. So they they were both. Um, National Lampoon and Saturday Night Live writers. Beautiful. And you can fucking so, tell. So, like, back in, I guess, the late 80s. So, that I don't even know if that was the good time. Was that, like, still when, like, SNL Jr. was on there at that Oh, point? SNL was kicking, or was popping for a while, man. SNL. But the 80s stuff was bad. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was, like, well, a like, cast member. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he was a cast member for a season. There's a couple seasons in the 80s that were awful. And I that's know what people like were like I don't remember fucking Robert Downey Jr. Yes, he was on there as a cast member. I know people shit all over Joe Piscopo, but I think he's Dude, when they do that fucking thriller bit where it's him as Jerry Lewis. Yes. Motherfucker. That Dead Heat's pretty good too with your boy fucking Treat Williams. Yeah. I also love Joe Piscopo and uh Eddie Murphy as fucking <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> you are Ebony. I am white. You are black and I am white. You are blind and I have sight. <laughs> no, Joe Piscopo is kind of one of those little treasures I found Stevie out. Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. That shit's good. Maybe so we'll good. do Dead Heat. All right, days. back to the movie. So Frank and his brother James then stroll around outside the streets of New York where Frank hassles a bunch of street musicians. You know how... You mean fucking Paul Schaefer? Do you know who else is in there? Uh, no, but my brother was telling me about it. Miles Davis. If Miles Davis is if Miles Davis is cool, pissing uh, your pants is cool. Well, consider, consider me, me Miles Schaefer. All right, damn it! All right, you know you know Frank is a fucking douchebag piece of shit. He has a white silk scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust like that. So he hassles a bunch of street musicians before turning down James's invitation to family Christmas dinner, and then even makes fun of him for fucking inviting him. Before Frank then fucking steals a cab from this old lady. Dude, that's so cold. It's it's grandma comes over the stack of Christmas presents. He fucking slaps the one off top and says, oh, you dropped it. When she goes to fucking retrieve it, he ducks in, and she's like, but Mr. Man, that's my cab. He fucking gives her the bird she's point like, blank through the- Go to hell! You got a hell and he's like bye grandma my favorite part because it's the joke's not over is he takes this cab down to an award ceremony where he receives a humanitarian award that is fucking that's how you write comedy dudes and ladies and lady dudes oh man i fucking love it dude i mean over my fucking head as a child but every fucking time I see this scene, he fucking tricks the old lady out of the cab to go get his humanitarian award. I fucking cry laughing, man. Oh, God. I I just love little shit like this that's fucking thrown in, right? It's, it's not an in-your-face punchline comedy joke. It's just if you're paying attention, you're going to get the laughs. If not, hey, that's fine, too. The movie's going to move along without it. Meanwhile, Elliot's day... Is just getting worse and worse, and he decides that he's just gonna fucking drink it off. 
Oh man, yeah, fucking uh, Rick Moranis does not catch a break. <laughs> or uh, fucking Bobcat. Oh, See, my bad. That's because he looks just like Louis Tolley from fucking Ghostbusters, more like the cartoon version. He does. All he right. does. So Frank then heads back to work, where things start to get a little spooky. Dude, twenty minutes. Also, he. Do you think he? purposely leaves his award in the car or that's a happy accident that might be a happy accident because they're there you see he's got like three of them at the end of the movie sitting on a shelf no no shit yeah i think they're humanitarian awards they might not be i don't know they are yeah, gold awards so they look like the humanitarian because it's him and there's like a little golden boy on his shoulder yeah <laughs> golden boy <laughs> uh all right so frank uh, this shit gets Ghostbusters real yeah, fucking Yeah, as it quick. fucking gets real fucking spooky, there's a fucking big, loud fucking bang Damn. on the door. It's like fists are pounding the fucking door. It's like a fucking xenomorph is trying to tear through that shit. Frank arms himself with a pistol that he pulls out of his desk as the doors of his office are blasted open, and in walks a zombie. I love this shit. Turns out it's his old friend and mentor, Lou Hayward, and I fucking love this because, like, he fucking's like... He goes, first thing he does is he goes over and he starts mixing himself a cocktail. It's Bacardi and Tab, which I was going to, you know, we'd be drinking that, but Tab is elusive. So so Frank starts taking pop shots and Lou turns to me and he's like, hey, Frank, I don't mind you shooting at me, but to me. Go Can easy you- on the Bacardi. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of dead guy I want to be when I grow up, dude. Uh, and this was back in the 80s when, like, Bacardi was, like, a fucking high dollar fucking, what? like, top shelf drink. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're pushing that Bacardi dick pretty hard in this movie. Um, yeah. So I'm getting some serious Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, or VI, or IV? No, VI. Uh, vibes from that dude. I love it, because he's all crusty and shit. Oh, he's fucking great. Plus, like... <laughs> the fucking drinking gag. Yeah. <laughs> when he starts drinking... The Beetlejuice type shit. Yes! Oh which my which God. also came out in the same year and has the same fucking gag in it. <sighs> also starring Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, so fucking, like, when Lou has his, like, back turned, he's still making the drink, like, a mouse fucking comes out of a hole in his head. Pushes a golf ball out. Yeah, because he's dressed as a golfer because he died while fucking playing golf. I fucking love it, dude. Also, I gotta call bullshit on something. Fucking bitch-ass Michael Douglas said, no, real Michael Douglas, like, the real, real Michael Douglas, said he got fucking cancer from eating Catherine Zeta-Jones pussy. What a fucking dipshit. That's not true. No, that's, that is, no, I am dead serious. Like, cancer. Uh, fucking telling me the precious jewel, Catherine Zeta-Jones, gonna give you fucking cancer because I've of her never pussy. heard that before. Google that shit. Alright, well, not now, Okay, but maybe later. Let's get your priorities straight, too. So, okay. Uh, so Hayward is clearly fucking dead. He is a zombie, and he has come back to warn Frank that if he doesn't change his ways, he will end up doomed and suffering in hell just like him. He tells Frank that he's going to be visited by three ghosts, and he expects the first one at noon tomorrow. <laughs> Frank tries to brush this off as an hallucination, but Lou proves how serious he is by fucking hanging Frank from a window. This effect is fucking really cool. He he, he picks him up and then phases him through it like jello. He vorheases him, and then he visions him. Yeah, hangs him out of it, and then fucking his arm breaks off halfway. Because he's fucking dead, and he can't fucking support the weight. And then as Frank is falling to his death, he wakes up, and he's on the floor of his office as he sees his phone dial itself and calls a woman named Claire Phillips. But he gets the machine instead. Oh, hotness. Cincinnati Jeff, have you ever been so drunk you've hallucinated? Yes. Oh, okay, well, there, there goes my bet. No, I actually have Okay, not. no, me neither. 
<laughs> Why do they always do that shit in movies? Or it's like the fucking homeless dude's drinking the thing and they see like the pink elephant beating up Hulk or some shit. Then he looks at the bottle like, oh, I better become a lawyer now or some fucking nonsense like that. One time I took acid and that's uh, acid, dude. That's a fed my book. mailbox cereal. But that's about it. <laughs> he wrote you a letter back. He's like, thanks for the Captain Crunch, buddy. <laughs> it's like, why do you sound like Tony the Tiger? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> So, uh, Frank leaves Claire a message about how they haven't talked in 15 years, but he needs to talk to her urgently. He's very, obviously, disheveled and freaked out about she what just fuck fucking yeah, happened. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> the next day, oh, it gets better. Frank is told that an 80-year-old woman has died from watching his Scrooge promo, and Frank couldn't be more excited. He's like, you can't pay for publicity like this! Fucking... Uh, uh, you right? oh, sorry. I'm so gassy today. Frank then heads down to the Scrooge set to solve some problems about nipples. Well, you can't even see her fucking nipples. You can see the tippity top of her aerial. Everybody needs to calm the fuck I love down. Because like the two like stage hands are like you can barely see him, and he's like, "See," he's talking to the censor. He's like, "And these guys are really looking." <laughs> Straight up. Oh, did we miss the part where it's uh, Grace at home with uh, the family, and they got the little black kid dressed up like the Christmas tree? Yeah. That was just like a cutaway. That had me fucked up because that kid genuinely looks super sad. He's doing like the lip down like. Yeah, she's like, we don't have a Christmas tree. And then her mom's like, we do now. And she runs in and the kid's just decorated as one. That made me weak. All right, go ahead. So uh, as this is going on, the the sensor gets knocked out. uh, One of several. She She gets gets Kennied a lot. Fucking clobber, dude. With a fucking lamppost. You can feel it because they do that classic Three Stooges shit where like you're carrying the pole and you turn around and then fucking just bam. So when this happens, Claire actually shows up and starts asking for Lumpy, who also happens to be Frank. And while this is going on, and the fucking sensor is, like, on the floor, like, the nurse is there. And he's like, can I do this? And he fucking moves her head and makes her fucking watch a solid gold dance. She's like, see? You can't even see the nipples, all right? You just had to watch it in context. All right. I, I pick this up. The nurse that uh, fucks with her is fucking Mimi from the Drew Carey show. Yeah. This whole fucking movie is, like, packed with people, dude, that I, you've fucking seen before. All right. Here's a deep cut from the Drew, Drew Carey show. Here's a Here's a sick cut. Fucking, you know, 20 years later. Uh, Mimi wears more grease paints than Captain Spaulding. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, do we get to the it's the part with the fucking so, antlers? Sorry, so uh, Claire says that obviously she's so worried about Frank after his message, but he brushes it off and continues to act like an asshole to all the employees around the studio. Yeah, he does. He's trying to talk to Claire, and there's a bunch of hammering going on as they're building this set. And he's Could like, you please? Stop! Stop with the hammering! My God damn it! Then the fucking, yeah, the, the effects guy comes up and he's like, uh, excuse me, Lumpy. <laughs> he's like, around here, people call me Mr. Mr. Cross. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm new. But I can't get these antlers to stick to this little guy and he's holding the door. We tried crazy glue and it won't stick. Have you tried stapling them? And then she flips shit. She's like, <laughs> you will not staple antlers to his head. <laughs> he gets super serious. He's like, I would never do that, ma'am. I've got three dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with the way that bit goes on, I feel like that's somebody's dad or somebody's uncle or a producer or a Murray or something, but that line fucks me up. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, Claire then gives him her business card and uh, for the, the uh, homeless shelter that she works at and says, hey, look, if anything else happens, the give me a call. <laughs> I miss you, and, you know, just I'm worried about you. So as she leaves, Frank decides to head to lunch with Preston. 
Preston then at lunch tells Frank that he thinks he's spreading himself a little too thin at work with this whole worldwide satellite feed broadcast and has hired Bryce Cummings, mm-hmm. who just walks in as another executive to help with the day-to-day stuff and kind of take some fucking this some guy, stuff off of Frank's shoulders. This guy plays a slick turd pretty good. I want to jump in here real quick. So what was all that business they were doing with the forks? Did Preston bring his own forks? So uh, I don't think so. Was he think stealing so, them? But did you notice that his forks were gold and yeah. Frank's were not? Uh-huh. I think, dude, BYLF brought his own forks. He might have. I mean, never mind, but he's, like, cleaning it. It's like a thing. It's just, like, fucking yuppie shit. I guess, dude. That was kind of fucked, but anyway. Like, this fork has spots. It's fucking water spots. Eat the motherfucker. Who gives a shit? Yeah, oh, water spot. If I fucking go to a restaurant and see a fucking dirty fork with, like, food stuck to it, yes. I Okay, can I get a new fork? See fucking water spots? I brought off. my own. <laughs> go fuck yourself. The only thing I fucking bring is those color-changing spoons that used to get in fucking cereal back in the day. I'll fucking carry one of those around my pocket. Or... They used to fucking give out the lightsaber spoons. Hell yeah, bitch! I got a bunch of those stuff. Ugh. The only thing I bring is fucking throwing knives, but some asshole in the bathroom at steak and shit gets all fucking uppity. Oh, that dude chokes on a throwing knife. I, I don't think that I got uppity. I think it was the other guy that got uppity, and then the cops got uppity. I was okay with it. Yeah, but what do they fucking know? I... Jerks. <laughs> so... All right, so this is when you fucking get the feeling like, all right, Bryce is kind of fucking up to some slime ball uh-huh. shit. Because, like... Frank starts to get upset as the clock uh, at the restaurant chimes for noon. And, like, while this is going on, like, Bryce kind of, like, keeps staring at him and, like, is seeing that Frank's getting visibly upset. And he's, he like, smirking. fucking flipping So that's when you out. fucking know that, like, Bryce is fucking there for fucking no bueno shit. See, I mean, from Bill Murray, or, uh, no, it's fucking Bill Murray. I kind of feel like, oh, shit, is this my ghost? Is this my fucking ghost? Yeah, because he remembers Lou's warning. And the, as the a waiter arrives, which, by the way, this waiter is the same guy who plays Socrates, or Socrates, <laughs> in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. What number am I thinking of? 69, 69 dude. dude! Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I love this part. It's just this stupid little line. He's, like, asking the waiter, he's like, are you him? Are you him? And he goes, are like, you he? he <laughs> fucking spank! That's so good. <laughs> so as he serves him some drinks... Fucking Frank looks down, and there's a fucking eyeball eyeball. floating in his fucking water. And it's like a fucking eyeball, dude. He's fucking freaking shit. So he freaks out, but no one else can see this, right? Yes. At all. And Bryce is chuckling to himself as he fucking sees Frank's becoming unhinged. He's like, up, here's my easy job. (laughs) When suddenly Frank notices the fucking waiter across the restaurant has caught himself on fire. But again, nobody can see it. And, like, Frank's fucking pointing to him, and he's like, ah. And he's like... The fucking waiter's like, oh, no, sir, that's Alaskan salmon. It's okay. You don't want it. You'll want it. You don't. (laughs) The waiter is moving because he's, you know, on fire. And then, like, as he's moving, Frank just keeps pointing at people. And, like, the waiter's like, oh, no, sir, he had the meatloaf. You do not want the meatloaf. And it's like, what the fuck is This dude is full on fucking human torch. (laughs) He's like, I got it. You got this. Go ahead. And he fucking. So no one else can see this. So it's up to Frank as he fucking goes to put him out. And he fucking dumps a picture of water from a fucking table on an innocent waiter who is just counting his tips. And he goes, I'm sorry. I thought you were Richard Pryor for a second. Oh, my God, dude. That's so good. And as he's walking out the door, he fucking slips. 
and then he legit actually trips. Yeah. That's the only trivia I looked up on. Yeah. I was like, damn, he really ate shit. Because he threw the fucking water on the stairs, so when he slips and falls, he really slips. I thought he was doing, like, a Jerry Lewis gag fall, but no, that's that's legit, man. I forgot about the Richard Pryor joke until later on after he had died, and I had, like, discovered Richard Pryor comedy, like, in my teens. So what happened is in the 80s, Richard Pryor had a drug problem, and he was freebasing cocaine one day and accidentally set himself on fire, I think in, like, L.A., and then just runs down a fucking busy street until somebody puts him out. This is a true fucking story. So I just love shit like this. And fucking Richard Pryor even makes jokes about himself. Like, there was one special where he just, like, pulls a lighter out of his pocket, lights it, and goes, Hey, look, it's Richard Pryor running down the street. Richard Pryro. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Ah, the 80s. All right, so yeah. Frank then heads outside to get himself some air, grabs a cab that is a little out of place and starts sketchy. to drive erratically, and it turns out to be the ghost of Christmas past. Driving like Rebecca Gayhart. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she killed a kid. That's real. Or Matthew Broderick. He killed two people. Yeah. <laughs> or Vince Neal. No, seriously, I was that guy not in jail. Or Paul Walker. Or Ryan Dunn. Or Michael Berryman's or something. Or whoever was driving the Yellow Ranger around. Damn, son. <laughs> Take that, Trini. It's morphing time into a dead-ass body. <laughs> to a coffin. <laughs> coffin sword, a simple <laughs> mastodon, pterodactyl, saber-tooth coffin. <laughs> Doesn't matter, she's dead. She yeah, what's she going to do, fucking haunt us? <laughs> <laughs> that old bitch is dead. <laughs> Somehow worse than the Nazi uh, stuff from last episode. I, hey, I'm laughing. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So oh, the fuck. cab, which is the ghost of Christmas Plast, it's fucking... Um, Buster Poindexter. Yeah. And he looks like bulimic clown from Spawn. And you told me he was in the New York Dolls for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's neat. I, I feel like kind of a shit con here. Like, should I know who the New York Dolls are? But yeah, no, Buster Poindexter. Look at fucking Gula. She's got these fucking uh shelly devall teeth but like if she did math i don't know and elf ears yeah i didn't yeah i didn't know he had the fucking elf ears her her his fucking teeth i love like, his jersey accent oh, hey, frankie I, lo I love how he's just fucking rolling that dog turd around in his mouth so the cab takes frank back to his childhood home in 1955 on christmas eve frank notices that his house is the only house on the street that doesn't have his christmas lights up and he's like oh dad hasn't put the christmas lights up yet <laughs> that's how i fucking do it and the fucking ghost is like frankie it's christmas eve and he's like i know what you're up to you're gonna take me back here and start bawling my eyes out he goes oh where do you see your mom yeah niagara fucking he's like, falls until attila hun was the same way until he saw his mother <laughs> niagara falls oh my frankie god i was fucking crying during this scene like a like a fucking so this is when frank goes joke. inside this is a this i love this joke too so the ghost <sighs> walks through the fucking door, and Frank expects to be able to do the same thing and fucking just face plants right into the fucking door, and he's just, he sticks his head out just laughing. He's like, I love that gag. <laughs> I, that's the kind of ghost I want to be. Right. A fucking asshole. That's my kind of fucking humor. You don't have to have the potty mouth, but you just get people to injure themselves. Oh, it helps. I'm all for it. So Frank sees his four-year-old self watching TV as a young boy as his it's dad comes in. Doody, doody time. You mean from his work. brother fucking comes in. 
Yeah, yeah, his brother. It's it's his brother. Um, um, he's got two names. Uh, Doyle. Um, Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle Murray. He has the best voice. How come like nobody else in the family said? Oh, because like he was smoking cigars in the womb. Well, so his brother James earlier. Okay. That's also his real life brother. No shit, mm-hmm. man. I thought it was the guy from Kids in the Hall. I'm tripping. so there's. I think there's there's like, there's like six. six Murray brothers. Three of them are actors, uh, and they're all in this movie. So Bill, the guy who plays James, and then Brian Doyle Murray. I think the rest are golfers or something. Are they just like golfing? They had a show on uh, Comedy Central like forever ago. So, all right. So his dad comes in and he gives him a Christmas present. What you get him, bud? Here you go, Frank. I got this for you. Fucking five. He says, "Oh, daddy, is it a is it a choo choo train?" He says, "No, it's five pounds of feel." I, he fucking drops that thing with a wet thud. I fucking started dying because he's still in his leather face apron and all fucking that covered shit. covered in blood. He's like, you want a choo-choo train? Go out and get a job get and a buy one. Fucking job. Oh, my God. Well, fucking pregnant-ass mom is in the fucking back smoking cigarettes. You know who I think that chick is? Men in black. Uh, he was wearing an Edgar suit. Oh, it might be. I think so, man. I don't know. That had me fucking... This fucking movie has everybody, so I... You know, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. Technically, we could do Men in Black. So that's when fucking mom's like, leave him alone. It's fucking Christmas Eve. Uh, Then he, she gets up. She says, "Merry Christmas, Frank." And she goes, "Angel Frankie." Merry Christmas, mommy. And she goes out. And then that's when fucking Frank just starts crying in the cabs. Niagara Falls. (laughs) I was crying too, man. That's sad as fuck. Dude, that it fucking is for sure. Oh. Uh, so God, drink every time fucking Bill Murray bashes his head or something, or I cry like a punk bitch. So they walk outside, and fucking Frank's like, I was just crying because I was touched by the gift of what is in now today's market, 40 or $50 worth of milk-fed veal. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's a fucking stellar line, dude. Frank then demands to be taken to his office, so the ghost complies and rushes him over to a Christmas party in 1968 at IBC. Fucking, where's my parties like that? Everyone is fucking having a good time, but Frank, who's fucking working away, fucking delivering mail. I love the Tina, the secretary, is just sitting on the fucking copier and Xeroxing her fucking badge. Her fucking heart-shaped hiney, dude. You know just who she... giving it out. She's like, pass these out to everybody. Oh. You know who she reminds me of? Uh... I don't know. You have to tell me who she reminds <laughs> you of. <laughs> No, uh, fuck, we were, we were just singing in the oh, kitchen. Oh, it's suddenly Seymour. Doctor, doctor. The chick from, uh, Sorry, uh, what? Sorry. Doctor. The chick from, um, What's uh, her fucking uh, name? Uh, it's not Dottie. Fucking, um. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. Who is that bitch? Uh, man, I don't know. If my fucking computer would fucking work right, I could tell you. Oh, man, what is it? Not, it's, it's not Dottie. But anyway, yes, yeah, I yeah, know it, look, it looks yeah. like a, yes. a, a thicker version of that, and I'm alright. So she's like, I love this fucking party's going on, and like, you see Lou, who's alive at this point, dude, he's fucking he's hitting fucking on chicks, awesome, yeah, and then he, he's like, let's go crush some veg, dude. He's like, like, hey, hey, Frank, you know there's a Christmas party going on. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna get to it in a second. I just gotta finish my work. So then Tina comes up and she's like, hey, Frank, here's my fucking uh, my butt. Do you want to go get some Chinese food? He's like, oh no, that's just bad for you. It turns out they're chopping up alley cats. Put them in the food. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It's tasty. And then fucking old Frank's like, what was wrong with me? He's like, did you see that, Tina? And fucking ghost is like, I'm not that dead, Frankie. <laughs> I want to hang out with fucking rotted ass, fucking goblin ass Buster Poindexter. <laughs> like, that'd be the best time. <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, they, they then transport uh, the two of them to the first time uh, that night 
uh, same night where Frank actually meets Claire when she hits him in the face with a door. Boom. Hit in the face again. I love that goes, Cupid's arrow, right between the eyes. <laughs> she knocks fucking Frank down to the ground. Uh, she's like, picks him up. She's like, are you okay? Where'd it get you? He's like, the door got me here, and the sidewalk got me here. I love, is it is it Kara? Karen Allen? Um, so oh, girl. What, what, uh, Karen Allen, yeah. I love when she smiles, you can see every fucking tooth in her head. Right? Like Rob Lightfield draw. <laughs> She's great, dude. I love her in everything. She is fucking fun. I was so happy to see her show back up as Marion in Crystal Skull, which, again, not a huge <sighs> fan of. But you know what? They all can't be fucking winners. You know what? A bad Indiana Jones movie is better than a lot of other movies. Better than GT. What, my bike? No, <laughs> no, we we never talk of GT. It never happened. So the two begin to flirt as she calls him Lumpy for the first time, and then asks if he wants to go out and get some Chinese food. You can't eat that shit. It's fucking. It's all cats and dogs or whatever. So the cab takes him one year later, and Frank and Claire are now living together. It's Christmas Eve, and they exchange gifts with each other. Frank gets her some knives. Jinsu knives, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Jinsu knives rule. <laughs> I like this fucking line, too. He's like, I never liked a girl enough to give her 12 sharp knives. Also, I got to point out, fucking Bill Murray looks like Fart Barfunkel from the dorm that drip blood. <laughs> That's episode four for the kids at home that are keeping score, which came out September 8th, 2019. Thank you. There we go. Before the world went to shit. <sighs> and Claire gets him a book of the Karma Sutra. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this shit. He's like, done that, done that. I, I know Friend a guy that did that. that. <laughs> uh, can we talk about, do you think it's in fucking Karen Allen's like contract clause that she has to be... Smoking a joint? Smoking joint or just getting drunk in her fucking yeah. movies. And I'm fine with that. Every time. Hell yeah, I love that bitch. I'm enamored by her. So the two seem very much in love. However... It is. It's, it's adorable. We it's fast forward two years Later, in 1971... Oh, we need to talk about this weird-ass transition where she starts barking like a dog. <laughs> burr, burr, and then fucking... Then it's that transform... Uh, and then it's like... Then it's kind of a sexy barking, and then it's fucking him in a dog costume. Because we... Yep. Frank has now become an actor on a children's TV show called Frisbee! I hope that didn't awaken something in me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love- oh fuck! I'm a furry now. Great. This uh, it's like a sort of like a um, like a, 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 a bananas and pajamas or Barney's kind of thing. Good. We're like fucking cut right there, buddy. The mailman shows up and he's like, "Hey, frisbee, I've got a package for you. I wonder what it is." And it's this it's giant bone, giant fucking bone, and he's like. He's like, come on, what is it? And the fucking cab driver is like, it's a bone, you lucky dog. It starts out small, and then it gets that. Like, I'm just waiting for him to start cussing in front of you. It's a fucking bone. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, I love this. I love this part. So during the break of the Frisbee show, Lou comes in and invites Frank and Claire to dinner with his assistant and his wife. And his assistant's like, but Lou, your wife's in Palm Springs. He's like, I guess it's just you and me then. Lou's a fucking playboy. No, I, earlier, I fucking love it because he's like described himself. He's like, I was a captain of industry, adored by many women. And like Frank just loses it. He's like, let's be honest, Lou. Every you man paid wanted, for the women. Every man wanted to be me and every lady wanted to be with me. It's like, no, you, you paid. You paid for the <laughs> You paid for the women. Hey, still though. Hey, still though. <laughs> so uh, Claire shows up. 
And, uh, you know, Frank's like, hey, look, we just got fucking invited uh, by the fucking president of the studio to dinner. And she's like, no, we've got Christmas Eve plans with some friends. Some boring-ass motherfuckers. But Frank asks very fucking selfish. He's like, what about my needs and the needs of the Frisbee show? Which, I'm finally trying to break through here. It's very selfish, but done in a very hilarious manner. It is. So Frank is just obtuse to the whole fucking situation with Claire. She dumps him. She's like, I think we need some time apart. And he's like, it's cool, whatever. I'll call you. And she's like, I'll just tell them that you got held up. And then, like, it's super sad as the it's Frisbee sad show as fuck. gets it... back on the air as the doors close. And she's, like, standing there, like, holding wrapped Christmas presents. And she's just like, Merry Christmas, Lumpy. Fuck. And he's just fucking running on all fours inside the fucking Frisbee costume back to the fucking set. Here's a super creepy part. I didn't notice this until uh, I, I tried to get a scream grab of that. You cut back, somebody is in that bone. Like, it's a costume. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got freaked the fuck out. I mean, it's like human size for sure. It's a little person size. Hey, so that reminds me of a very funny story. Did I ever tell you about the time I almost got fired by the Easter Bunny? No. All right, so uh, I used to work at Chinooks. Does this end with a dead dog? Despite my physical handicap, I have a penis. And uh, (laughs) so I I was also a cleaning lady, despite my mental handicap. I have special needs. Uh, and so... Anal needs. Whoa. Uh, and I, I kept showing up late for work because I had to drive from fucking Holiday Hills or whatever to fucking Fairview. And so my boss, who was kind of a jabroni, is East. There he goes. Word. Eh, that's all he was. <laughs> He's kind of like, I need to see you in my office, Mr. McWerewolf. It's an old family name. And so I look over in the the corner, and there's a pink Easter Bunny costume. And I remembered the Easter Bunny was going to be making an appearance in the store. So I was like, look, Jeff, let me cut you short. I know what this is about. You're going to cut me loose. This is fine. But um, could you put that suit on and do it? He's like, no. I'm like, don't make me bag. He's like, no, you're not begging that you want your job back. I'm like, no, I don't I can give two fucks about this job. But just fire me as but the... But if you're e- going to fire me, fucking fire me as a child's fucking hero of fucking April. Give me another reason to hate Easter. Yeah. Actually, give me a reason to like yeah. Easter. You and Watership Down. Oh, fuck. Or, or Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when uh, he ate... Ted. You ate your sister's candy. No, it's his brother, Deacon. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I can't tell you the fucking last for my social security number, but if it's some fucking bullshit. Yeah, so that's the time I almost got fired by the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I stole, like, 20 bucks in chocolate on the way out the door, so fuck that. <laughs> right. Liberated. I liberated it. Back to the movie now. Sorry. Uh, the ghost uh, leaves Frank behind uh, in the Frisbee studio as he is suddenly now transported back to the present and on set of the Scrooge show. But he doesn't realize it and starts lashing out at some of the actors who he thinks are talking to him. <laughs> like they're they're going through the lines and he's like, well, I hope you're happy. And yeah, he goes, bitch. I am happy, you little bitch. <laughs> And the dude playing Scrooge is like, what? Buddy Hackett. That's Buddy Hackett? Yeah. Oh, fuck. They only tell me in the movie like three times. So Frank <laughs> decides that uh, as, as he's clearly fucking a uh, little freaked out, he's like, no, you know, he's like, I remember Claire. Nobody could be that good and honest. I'm going to go check up on her, see what's going down at this shelter she works at. I'm all emotional from these past memories. I'm crazy. And he heads on down. Crazy to, like a fox. Heads on down to the homeless shelter where she works. And the whole time he's like rambling to himself. The whole trip, and as he walks in, he's still talking to himself. So the volunteers confuse him 
and assume that he's also just a homeless man too. They like robe him and that. like fucking sit him down with Herman and his friends, Mama Fratelli and other random guy. The third guy. Um, so Herman, you might know from Sleepaway Camp Three, or is that the dude from Jason Goes to Hell? That little turd. I, he was in Sleepaway Camp Three for he sure. Was, I know that because he's got that Playboy belt buckle. Yeah, he, he was in uh, 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 the Night of a Thousand Corpses or House of a Thousand Corpses. Fuck howdy, yeah, he's the little dick wick. It's just small, mm-hmm. but it makes me sick. I, I want to say he's in like uh, Bonnie and Clyde with with uh, he is. Angelica Houston, is that who that is? And fucking um, Ghetto Superstar, that is who you are, coming from afar. That, that's all Dirty Bastard. Warren Beatty. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, ODB? ODB is in the movie! That's not how he sounds. <laughs> what the fuck? That was like Fat Albert on crack. <laughs> Sorry, we're back there. All right, so uh, they sit with Herman and, and, and friends who confuse him for Richard Burton, the the actor. And like they're like, come on, dick. Come on, give us some... Only my friends can call me Dick. He's like, give us some Cleopatra. And he's like, you know, we've been with you since, you know, Exorcist 2 and Night of the Iguana. I'm like, I, I need to see this movie. Exorcist, I know he's in the first one and the second one, so I'm thinking, I mean, just shooting from my hip, I didn't IMDb this shit. You hear Night of the Iguana and you think, holy shit, this is going to be some Atomic Age creature from the Black Lagoon, Night of the Lepus. Fucking horror movie. Giant radioactive fucking creature movie. Not so much. It's actually a... It's like a love story. Yeah, it's like some drama bullshit. Some dude falls in love with an iguana. So love is forbidden. But he he was in Cleopatra with Elizabeth Taylor, so he gives them... Liza Minnelli's mom? uh, Some Mark Anthony, which is fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, he does. And then as while this is going on, Claire sees this happening and goes and rescues him. Uh, They start to talk about regret, and Frank wants to get back together with her. Um, but a few of the shelter volunteers then inform Claire that they're having some issues. Some of the turkeys like a, aren't TA there. or PA or something. TP or KP or some shit. K-O-K-L-A. <laughs> Just saying. Real rock radio. K-O-K-L-A. So um, Frank's like, no, like, come on. like They're big girls. They're very big girls. Oh, man. And, and fucking, uh, not divine, but... The big black chick's like, excuse me, motherfucker? Yeah. I'm like, get him, girl. Get him. Get him, girlfriend. I don't talk to you like that. Waiting for that Zorro snap. That. Cha, cha, cha. <laughs> so uh, Frank's obviously getting impatient, and he demands that she fires these two people. And they're volunteers. Like, they're fucking volunteers. He's like, that's because they fucking can't work anywhere else. They're incompetent. So, he, yeah, he's like, they're fucking incompetent. He's like, you know what, Claire? I'm out of here. And as he heads out the door, he tells Claire to scrape these people off. Mm-hmm. He goes from charming to cocksucker in like 12 Real seconds. quick. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, save yourself. And then says, bah humbug before storming out because she says, Merry Christmas. On the way out, Herman asks for a few bucks to help keep warm. And Frank turns him down and says, once you head inside, there's a sucker in there. Okay, I got to jump in real quick. And, uh... and heads back to IBC. So, fucking Herman... What's up with that watch? They kind of tackle that. This as many times as I've watched it once today. It's uh, just like it's it's just this is timepiece. It's just like to help. So he didn't steal that from Frank or something. That's just his legit thing. I think it's just his watch. I yeah. feel like there's some kind of backstory or something about it. I don't know. Whatever. Could be. Yeah, it's not in the commentary because there's no fucking commentary. So at back at uh, IBC, Bryce has now made himself at home at his new job. Fucking he kind of like started taking taking control of the of the Scrooge show. Somebody had to uh, sends everybody on a dinner break, and so as the stage empties, Frank is now left alone on set, but is suddenly visited by the ghost of Christmas Present. 
uh, before we get into that, when the, the the Golden Girl dancers or whatever, you could totally see that chick's butthole. Oh, the solid, yeah. Up. The solid ghost dancers are kind of hanging out all over the place in this fucking. My movie. God, I'm okay with it, but that's a little much, dude. <laughs> little. So it's Carol Kane who's dressed as a fairy, <laughs> and she is the uh, ghost of Christmas present. But she's not as gentle as you would assume, <laughs> Fuck, no. and like floats over to Frank and kicks him right in the balls as she introduces herself to him. Um, all right, are you kind of getting like a Linda from Evil Dead Two vibe a little bit? I'm getting like a violent Glinda the fucking good witch, <laughs> kicking your or nuts Glenda up the in good your witch. fucking body. Can I see my pan? Yeah, keep uh, So thanks, hot dog. She Frank's like, what the hell? She's like, sometimes you got to get a little rough to get people's attention. Then slaps him in the face. She then tells Frank to close his eyes and picture this beautiful metal with all this scenery in his mind as she punches him in the fucking jaw, which transports them to Grace's house across town. Fucking drops his ass. And this is where Frank first sees how Grace lives. Grace is a single mother who has four children and a grandma. her mother who lives with her. The youngest saw his father murdered when he, five years before this and has not spoken since. Because Carl Weathers shot his dad when he was carrying a TV on Christmas, <laughs> right? It must be the European cut. I didn't see right? that one. Also, Grace's son looks like Tyler the Creator. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, I got another one, but keep going. So Frank sees that Grace lives very poorly due to his cheapskate ways and states that she may be due for a raise. I'll have to look into it. <laughs> Carol Kane ain't having none of that shit. Carol Kane starts to beat the shit out of him, then blows raspberries on his stomach, and he's like, ah, that's fun. Fucking Zerberton. All right, so Grandma is, like, calling the family together or whatever, and she calls the daughter's name. One of them is stereotypical black girl name, but this is the best one. Shasta. Like the fucking garbage-ass soda. She named her kid Shasta. I had a horse named Shasta. You had a horse? Well, look at you, fancy I grew up on a farm. Are you, are you a horse girl? No, but like, I was that, that kid that, like, with the divorced parents. Like, oh, great. And, like, now it'll make me feel like an asshole. And then the little girl's like, oh, I want a pony for Christmas. I One year I got one. It was a quarter horse paint. Uh, her name was Shasta. She was a bitch. She was a horrible fucking animal. She was a cunt. Uh, she would be your fucking best friend, and you'd be like, "All right, what's up, Shasta? Here's some fucking oats. Want to go for a ride?" Then you'd like you go to fucking turn and put some like fucking like feed in her fucking trough and like drop some apples. As soon as you fucking turned her back, she would fucking bite you on the shoulder. You ever had a horse bite? No, it's, I've been bitten by a whore though. They've got. <laughs> My side gone or bite my nose off. They've got nothing but fucking flat teeth to fucking chew fucking, uh, you know, like uh, foliage and, you know, like just shit on the ground with whatever. I'm just I'm screwing it up because I'm drunk. But this bitch of a horse would just bite you with this flat ass fucking teeth. And it hurt. Dude. Easy Cincinnati, Jeff. It's about to be Niagara Falls thinking about <laughs> your fucking old horse over there. I... Also, it's not raspberry. It's zerberting. <clears throat> It's Zerberty. That's what that's called when you blow <laughs> on somebody's stomach. You're not Franklin from the fucking Franklin place. Also, when from Grace the Franklin is, place, you know Franklin Franklin. Uh, when Grace is doing that to her son, that's a couple inches away from a fucking uh, uh ooh a version of the aristocrats, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Uh, while this is going on, uh, uh, the uh, fairy then uh, decides that uh, she needs to get a little rough and punches Frank in his fucking eye. 
which then transports them again. Uh, this time they end up at Frank's brother's house, James, where they're having a Christmas Eve dinner with friends, and they're playing Trivial Pursuit. So during the game, uh, James and his wife, Wendy... Who looks hit. like Kmart Terry Hatcher. So she is... Did you ever see Just Shoot Me? Yeah, I love that show. So she's like the model that's there the entire season. I forget her name, but she's the model. Hotness McRadbody, because she's also the mom-in-waiting when fucking um, Ryan Reynolds is talking to his mom, and it's just like, well, what are you going to do when you get off of work? It's like, well, me and the guys are going to go do some smoke some angel dust with whores. It's like, well wear protection they're just being kind of sending twats to each other so during the game uh, a couple questions show up the first one is let's see if you remember this what instrument does lurch from the adams family i fucked up i said an organ that's not right it's a harpsichord because they say piano yeah and they're fucking idiots he's like harpsichord james everybody knows that well everybody except for your old buddy fucking actress mcwerewolf so then the next question is what was the name of the boat that brought them all to Gilligan's Island? And James is like the SS Mackerel, and then they're being. She's like, I'm Mako. I just, I want to fucking clobber their heads for. Being and that's, dumb. <laughs> and that's when fucking Carol Kane and Bill Murray get into another fist fight, and this one escalates so far to where Carol Kane fucking reaches down, picks up a toaster, a four rider toaster, <laughs> and, and busts it in the fucking face with. All it. right, before we jump, I mean, go ahead and hit this line because I know you fucking want to. Hold on, hold on. Before all this happens, um, uh, Frank uh, uh, is watching James. Sorry. Frank is watching James open his Christmas present. Oh, yeah. And instead yeah. of the bath towel, it's a fucking new VCR. James is very moved, even though his brother's always a jerk. And he decides that he wants to toast him during the party. And Frank gets a little emotional. Niagara Falls. So, all right. Now back to the fight where she gets fucking busted in with the fucking toaster. No, go ahead. The bitch hit me with the toaster. I'm stepping on your line. No, we need to talk about James's fucking house. Because, like, one room looks okay, and I guess they're, like, refurbishing And the other it. one's, like, under construction like it's Home Alone 2. It looks like the fucking juggernaut fought Rhino in that fucking house, dude. There's just holes and walls and shit. Like fucking Frank Castle beat up the Russian. Hey, good call, man. So, yeah, all right, so, yeah, he fucking, he gets hit with a toaster and is now transported to the sewers when he fucking, he's like, that bitch hit me with a toaster. Then he looks around, he's like, where am I, at Trump Tower? (laughs) Also, did you catch this little exchange when all the people are walking by? It's just like, excuse me, sir, excuse me, lady. Hey, that's a nice, uh. Yeah, he's like, oh, wait, good shot. Yeah, that's what. (laughs) He's looking up her skirt. Also, this scene is criminally dangerous because, do you see those fucking stalactites? Or fucking I- icicles. icicles. Yeah, sorry. What the fuck? Am I a spelunker? <laughs> what are we in caves? Jesus Christ. We're just in the sewers. <laughs> he's like, call the sanitation department, but he can't get hold of anybody because he's invisible. Yeah. Uh, when he looks over, though, in the fuck. corner, he sees Herman frozen to death. This something about just this, the visit, the, the, uh, just how it is, how it looks. Fucking is sad. Scares the shit out of so me. So he sees Herman. He's sitting. This is like clearly like where like Herman's hovel, like where he resides. He's got a little Christmas. He's got yeah, tree. a little it's Christmas tree. He's got a fucking broken down electric, electric blanket, blanket with like the, you can see the knob on it. And, and he's like cheap. holding his watch, and he's just like frozen. He's got like icicles formed on his body. He's just he, he been looks, there so long. Yeah, he looks frosty, dude. So Frank goes and tries to wake him up, stating that maybe he should have given him the money after all to stay warm. Fucking cheap bastard. He then gets angry that he didn't stay at Claire's shelter and that he would have been alive if he had and he's just like well, come on herman god damn it 
Why did you leave? I mean, he's fucking visibly upset. Frank then turns around and sees a door, breaks it down, and finds out that he ends up back on the set of Scrooge uh, after another freakout where he's hiding behind the kids. Bryce comes and helps Frank back upstairs, and he's like, we need to get Mr. Cross upstairs and just let him fucking relax as he's just enjoying Frank just having this fucking mental episode. I gotta jump back real quick. So they, they, they focus on that watch again, like it fucking slides out of his hand or like... So I know, like, when he's in the shelter, like, he opens it a couple times, and then he's playing with it when he's outside the shelter when he asks Frank for two bucks to keep warm. Okay. You think that was, like, to fix his blanket or something? I I just assume that it's just, like, it's, like, his thing, like, his calling card or whatever with you. It's, like, you know, everybody has a thing. Like, you wear that lady's vest, right? (laughs) I'm exceedingly handsome. Everyone has a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. That's just it. I feel like there's some level of backstory that's there that they just they didn't make it to the movie or something. It could be. This is Richard Donner, so you know they fucking filmed five hours and right. they cut it down to an hour forty. Bring me the Donner cut. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is like fucking Event Horizon all over again. <sighs> so I need a blood orgy, goddammit. Uh, so Bryce helps into the elevator. As the elevator opens up, him and Grace are standing by, and Frank is startled by a large Grim Reaper type, and he assumes that it's the third ghost that has come for him. Frank breaks down on his knees, but Grace lets him know what's what. It's just an ad, another actor for this show. All right, so it's that lady who got clobbered by the pole earlier. Uh, like, when Frank pops out of his fucking little dream cycle or whatever, oh, he smashes into a barrel. Barrel, it fucking rolls, and it's the sensor. Yeah, she gets fucked up again. Uh, man, that lady can't catch a break. Or she can't catch a barrel. I like it. she's got, like, the no, she's fucked. Like, the she, fucking broken nose shit on and everything, like, the whole face guard. She should have, like, one of those poofy neck things, dude, because she's getting fucked <laughs> she's up. She's beating the hell. Also, when Bill Murray's walking in that elevator... How fucking tall is Bill Murray? Is he like 6'4", dude? I think he's a big dude. He fills that fucking frame. All right, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. So I love it. He's like, get out of here. Go back to the show. He came for me. And he's like, as he goes there, like, it's just another actor. He's like, that guy is going places. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that's legit. And I like when he talks, his fucking mouth moves in the little fucking costume. It looks a little cartoony, but He's it's like, okay. hey, Bryce, what's this guy? So Frank now upstairs as the Scrooge show finally starts worldwide. Everyone around the world is watching as Frank monitors the show. During the opening, uh, he decides to open his present from his brother, James, and he sees that he's got a handmade picture frame with a photo inside and an inscription of when they were kids and says to the best, biggest brother in the world, Niagara Falls. So oh, as, my God. And Frank then decides just to kind of drink and just sort of just chill. As the Scrooge show moves into the third act, a more terrifying version of death Hell appears yeah. on the screen and reaches a big bony hand through the TV and is about to grab Frank as a very drunk Elliot Loudermilth busts into Frank's office armed with a double barrel shotgun. Straight up security and IBC or whatever. Fucking sucks. <laughs> You're just gonna let fucking uh, Elmer Fudd walk in, dude. Double Elmer barrel blazing, fucking just like. Okay, I get it. It's pre nine eleven, but for fuck's sake, shit. I don't know. Maybe you see a dude walking with a double barrel. You're like, maybe he's part of the show. Let's let him do his thing. Uh, I I, don't, I only get paid fucking eight bucks an hour. You know. <laughs> So he starts to shoot at Frank and chase him around the building. <laughs> I love when he chases him down the fucking table. And he's like, hey, Wabbit. <laughs> and Bobcat kills this because Bobcat is fucking amazing. And he's missing Frank left and right. And I got to give it to Richard Donner. He does this. This is not 
like normal 80s action movies where fucking guns just have unlimited ammo. It's a double barrel shotgun. He shoots it two times, has to stop and reload every time. Thank you, Richard Donner. You do it well in Lethal Weapon. You do it well here. I appreciate you for this attention to detail. You know what Elliot Loudmilker didn't do? Hit an active reload. Just saying. <laughs> so he chases around the building and tells him how terrible his day is. But Elliot's like, let me tell you about my day. My wife left me. She took my baby girl. <laughs> baby daughter. <laughs> I started doing cocaine. I lost my best Mickey watch. So Frank makes it to the elevator just as Elliot catches up to him. But he is saved as the door is open and he falls inside. Now, inside is the same thing that tried to grab Frank through the TV. It's the ghost of Christmas the future. The ghost of Christmas future. Or death. But this time, he has a TV for a face. That's just fucking awesome. Which just, like, flickers different shit every time. And Frank hears odd noises coming from inside the creature, so he opens up the robes and sees tortured souls, like from fucking Freddy, like Nightmare 5, just hanging out in the fucking ribcage, closes it scared, then opens it again, checks it out, closes it. Did our people do this? (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Because he just, like, assumes he's another actor. Uh, the elevator then goes fucking nuts, and Frank is now transported to this odd hallway at an asylum where Grace is visiting her her son Calvin, who can't talk, who's now been institutionalized because he has never spoken again. I call the biggest bullshit on this because not talking makes you go fucking crazy. Or, oh, you learned sign language. Guess what? Cool. I mean, I don't know. We don't have his backstory. Maybe he killed people. Maybe he shot the kid that was carrying the TV. My God. Frank then runs back to the elevator and is like, I I know the the head of so-and-so. We can fucking get this fixed. And he is then sent now to a fancy restaurant where Claire is dining with other rich bitches. Dude, she straight up looks like every 80s painting. You know, like the chic woman kind of thing. Yeah, they're all like kind of painted a little white. Like China dials. It's weird. And they're fucking bitches. And she... She starts to mock the homeless children who are outside the window of the restaurant begging for food. Ooh, that reminds me. What are you doing tomorrow? Because I got to mock homeless children around Christmas. Makes my dick hard. The the women she's with are like, oh, don't be so mean, Claire. They're just kids. And she's like, let me tell you about beating a bleeding heart. And then quotes Frank about having to scrape them off and save herself before they drag her down with them. That's and fucking wrong. She says, thanks, Lumpy. And then, like, she's fucking crying as she says it. Frank clearly hates to see Claire being so awful and starts to lament about how sorry he was before being transported again to his own funeral where he's about to be cremated. Only his brother James and his wife Wendy are in attendance as everyone else Frank has ever met does not give a shit about him. There's kind of a jack-off. Oh, yeah. Huge. All right, let me let me jump in real quick. This is redundant as shit, so you're getting cremated. Why are they putting you, on your, putting you in a big fancy oak coffin? So it's, it's kind of redundant. It's just par for the course, I guess. I don't know. I mean, let me get cremated and I'll fucking tell you. They do you it in Diamonds Are Forever, too. I don't know. Yo, that's Bond, though. They're like shooting lasers at each other's dicks and stuff and turning people into couches or something. <laughs> Wait, no? Is that no. That's a different thing? Okay. So Frank tries to stop his own coffin from entering the crematorium and then is instantly. It's kind of dark there. Transported inside of it. And he begins to burn alive. Yeah, it's a, this kind of feels like a Tales from the Crypt right? episode a yeah. little bit. He's like trapped in there. There's His fucking legs are on fire. He is screaming in agony. It's, it's, it's pretty fucked up. And he finally begins to understand what he needs to do and yells about how he wants to live and change. As soon as he does this, 
Frank is transported then back into the IBC elevator and celebrates that he's alive. Elliot, however, is still standing here with a shotgun pointed at Frank's back. But Frank just turns, hugs, and straight on kisses him on the mouth. Like some Looney Tunes <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I was looking for Xavier Frank Cross. That's not bad. <laughs> okay, how tall do you think Bobcat is? Just clock him in at probably like five. Five eleven? Oh no, I'm 5'11". I, I guess he's a little, little older. Because let's say Bill, I'd say Bill Murray's like six four, so Bobcat five eight, five seven. I mean, he's comically larger than him, and I love when he's like got him by the arms and fucking warp speed <laughs> spinning him, spinning him around, dancing with him. So uh, Elliot is very much put off by the sudden change in Frank. So Frank explains it away in uh, the best way possible. He's like, "The Jews taught me this great word, schmuck." Hey, Frank, maybe use the full word. I used to be a schmuck, but now I'm not. He's like, I'm the goddamn Woodstock baby. Remember when the Woodstock baby was the thing? <laughs> so then he tells Elliot he's going to hire him back as a higher, like a promotion. He's going to get double his salary. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I need you to come with me. Grabs the shotgun and they head down to the Scrooge set, which is currently airing its final scenes. Did you catch the line Bobcat says real quick? He's like, somebody stole my watch. Because from earlier, somebody did steal his watch. Oh, that's because all kinds of bad shit happens then throughout the movie. He gets shit luck. Yeah, we kind of glossed over that, but whatever. So Frank interrupts the live show as Elliot breaks into the control booth with gun in hand, knocks out Bryce, and tells everyone to keep the cameras rolling. Did this kind of remind you, it reminded me of the howling uh, when D. Wallace kind of wolfs out on, on film. I mean, nobody fucking wolfs out in the movie. I like, yeah, I remember but, the wolf. But the uh, the part where, like, the crew runs up in the fucking operating, not table, you know, the studio with the guns, like, fucking leave it. Anyway, go ahead. So Frank's boss, Preston, is watching this at home and is furious when Frank starts to question why everyone is at home watching TV on Christmas Eve instead of being with their family. I fucking love how, like, the waiter comes out with a glass of wine for her. He's like, I'll have a beer. And he looks like. He looks like Fred from today's special. Do you have that? Is that too deep of a cut? Did anybody? That's a deep cut. Okay, with Muffy the Mouse. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. So Frank then apologizes to everyone in the show because he's like, "What kind of asshole would schedule a show on Christmas Eve?" And like the director's like, "Only you, Frank." He's like, "A week ago, you would have been fucking fired." He's like, "I know, bitch." But you're right, and I'm fucking making the people at home fucking watch this shit on Christmas Eve. I apologize for all of this stuff. Let me step on your dick one more time, because while he's doing that, he grabs up little tiny, not not tiny Tim, but one of those little street urchins, Mm -hmm. sea urchins. Did you say street urchin? Did you? (laughs) Ah, fuck me. No, and he grabs the kid. He goes, "What's your name?" He goes, "Mike." Mike. Mike. So a fucking stupid name for a dumb loser. At the same time, uh, they tried to cut the feed and fucking (laughs) the gun accidentally goes off in Elliot's hand in the control booth. See what I did to that innocent window. Did you see what I did? That is. And that was just an innocent window. And you saw what I did to that. (laughs) We're having too much fun with that. (laughs) Shit's getting real. So uh, on on screen, uh, Frank busts out the gift that James got him, and he tells him he was right about everything. James, you were right about everything, except, to his astonishment, it was the SS Minnow, Mm -hmm. Frank, the ship that took him all to Gillison's Island, the SS Minnow. I was like, well, my brother's a goddamn mutant. We got fucking rhino fighting juggernaut, so, you know, my brother's (laughs) a mutant. That's fine. And he's like, and then, by the way, Frank, 
Grace sent you the VCR. I was supposed to get you a bath towel. Yo, Grace, can you send me a fucking VCR, dude? Melvin's acting up. So at this time, Preston now finally calls into the control booth, but Elliot answers, and we see that Bryce is tied up in a wheelchair, or a wheelchair, in a fucking, like, office chair, chair with, with, like, wheels. with, like, fucking, with, like, tinsel and fucking holly and shit. He's like, oh, um... It was Bryce Cummings, sir, that is in charge of all these decisions? All right, now you're kind of morphing into Grover. <laughs> and uh, he he also says that you're a flatulating butthead? Flatulating butthead! He says he's never felt this way about a man before, but there's just something about you that he likes. That joke can float in the 80s. <laughs> Bryce... Preston, now at home, gets so pissed off that he kicks his cat. <laughs> Who were watching TV earlier? He was watching fucking TV. That's there a good was like fish and shit in the dormouse. Like, He's like, my God. <laughs> He's like, I knew it was going to work. Dude, wait, no, no. It's real quick. Uh, they fucking, they cut back to the, uh, they're talking. He's talking to some, it's the fucking dude. Who's, who's about to staple the antlers on the mouse. I don't know why. This just fucking stuck with me. You, they just cut to it for a second. He's, like, doing the little hand mimic, like, that a fucking staple in the mouse. Like, he's... <laughs> yeah, whatever. That was a fucking dumb thing to do. Go ahead. Was, it a, was he dangling a piece of string? <laughs> Twas! <laughs> that motherfucker. So, Frank then tells everybody that they need to have some fun here on set. And he orders champagne for everyone. And he's like... No, the good stuff. The good stuff. The stuff you send me. Not the stuff I, I send to other people. <laughs> You gotta preach that honest. I appreciate right? that honest. As Frank tells everyone that on Christmas Eve, all you should be doing is reaching out to others and just, you know, helping people out. As he's walking through, he uh, decides that he has to abide by mistletoe law and ends up kissing one of the solid gold dancers. And, uh, that chick straight once, and she's like, give me that tie, because mm-hmm. I'm gonna suck that dick, pretty boy. Uh, so she's standing underneath it. Meanwhile, in the booth, Bryce is tied up and happens to be under some mistletoe when the studio sensor, who now has had a fucking pretty rough day and the shit has been kicked out of her several times She tonight, is mummified. She jumps on Bryce and, and commits sexual assault. Right, starts making out with him hard. She's like, oh, Mr. Cummings. I'm back- Cummings. <laughs> back on the air. Frank says, hey, that kiss was good, but it wasn't great. He's only had one great kiss from a girl he used to love a long time ago. And then he asked the camera that if it's pretty ungrateful. Is it too late? Hoping that Claire is watching this show and he just she just so happens to be doing so. Alright, let's cut back to the the shelter. Yeah, like what you're saying. I pause the movie and I'm analyzing the crowd pretty thoroughly. Right. No Herman. Huh. That's weird. So Herman's not there. Mm-hmm. I wonder where he is. Hmm. Well, nobody. You so, told me. Claire sees this and then says, all right, I got to go. Goes out, grabs a cab, and says, can you get me to the IBC building in three minutes? And then the ghost of Christmas passes, driving, goes, which floor? Yes. Probably my MVP character in this movie. All right. So now where Frank is now on the floor leading everyone in Christmas carols before telling everyone that Christmas Eve can bring miracles if everyone miracles. <laughs> miracles, if everyone believes in them, it reminds the people watching at home that all you got to do is start helping people, and these miracles can happen to you every day. You'll feel good. You'll feel great. That's all you got to do. Replace the word miracle with cocaine, and <laughs> yeah. Frank then tells everyone to have a Merry Christmas as Calvin walks over to Frank, and Frank looks at him and says, Hey, big man, am I forgetting something? And Calvin, speaking for the first time in five years, says, God bless us, everyone. And Niagara Grace, Falls. Right? Oh. I fucking cry every time. Grace, who's fucking standing over watching, just fucking rushes in, picks up her. So she's like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, by the way, I can sing, too. Yeah. And she do. 
Claire finally arrives. Frank carries her onto the set in front of the cameras for the whole world to see where they embrace and a kiss. And they start fucking. <laughs> it's the studio begins to sing. Start the- thrusting and busting. Annie Lennox and Al Green's put a little love in your heart while Frank looks up and sees the ghost of Lou Herman and everyone celebrating Frank's change in life. Everyone keeps singing and dancing around the world as the credits roll over the scenes. The end. Or is it? No. Um. Also, he says, Put a little love in your heart. And it gets a little, uh, yeah, dude. So, no, I, I fucking did not think Herman was going to die because I thought it was just part of one of the weird parallel realms or whatever. And sure as fuck, Herman's dead as fuck. Well, because he's the ghost of Christmas, or there was the ghost of Christmas present, so that was that had happened. Oh, you mean the ghost just like the past of fucking like homeless dude freeze you, to death? You, you can only change the future. The past happened. The present is existing now. Uh, look, bitch, do you remember Back to the Future? Because I think you wrong. <laughs> All right, go ahead, pal. So that's it. That's the end. As the credits roll, we get like a fun monologue from like uh, uh, Bill Murray, who's like talking uh, to the audience he's like all right uh sing you on the left all right all right just the, the guys men. no the real men just the women just the real women all right you in the back talking the whole time in the theater yeah uh and that's it i mean that's that's the end of the movie you kids want to see a dead body bom, bom, bom. so we've got one kill one dead <laughs> herman that is dude squatched I mean, if you kind of want to talk about it, I mean, Lou was a dead-ass body, but he died prior to. Right. But we kind of do our deaths on screen. Yeah, so freezes to death in the sewer. God damn, sad as fuck. Yeah. Sad as fuck. You ready for some stuff you should know? <laughs> Hit me, Brosh. So this movie was nominated for an Academy Award it... for Best Makeup and Hairstyling, but lost to Beetlejuice starring Michael Douglas. Hairstyling? That's what it is. That's the, that's the category. That's absurd. Uh, Bill Murray and director Richard Donner reportedly did not enjoy working together, creating a, a lot of tension on set. When asked by film critic Roger Ebert, who, by the way, said this is the worst version of the Christmas Carol he's ever seen. Is he the fat dead one or the guy that is jaw rotted out from talking shit? Because either or. Smell you later, suckers. Are they both dead? Dead to me. <laughs> uh, I'm a the, Leonard Bolton motherfucker. he's the fat one. Okay, well, he can rest I think Siskel is the jaw rotted. No, Siskel did the thong song, too. <laughs> uh, so Roger Ebert uh, asked if he'd had any disagreements with Donner. Murray replied, only a few every single minute of the day. <laughs> that could have been a really, really great movie. The script was good. There was maybe one take in the final cut of the movie that is mine. We made it so fast. It was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. <laughs> Fucking thank you, Bill Murray. You are a comedy treasure. When the ghost of Christmas present, Carol Kane, grabbed Bill Murray's lip, she tore it so badly that filming was halted for several days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Carol Kane, you're a little nut. You should go check on those children. Right? Method acting. Sh- Sean, she hit me. Richard, I think she tore my fucking lip off. <laughs> I don't know what well, fuck- Bill, you weren't that good looking to begin with, so fucking move on. It's true, though. Right? It's all right. Uh, the leader of the street musicians, <laughs> insulted by Murray, is Paul Schaefer. Hey-o. The others are Miles Davis, Never heard of him. David Sanborn, and Larry Carlton. Uh, who's Larry Sanborn? Do, I mean, do you know off the top of your head? I don't. All right, yeah, my brother had a boner over that. It's David Sanborn. David Cyborg. 
When Frank throws water on the waiter, he sees Bernie. He says, I'm sorry, you know, I thought you were Richard Pryor. This is a reference to Pryor's real-life event where he was free-based cocaine and actually set himself on fire running down a busy street in L.A. I, I talked about it earlier. You did. The sling-mounted... And this is funny because you called this, by the way, if you didn't know this for sure. Okay, shoot. The sling-mounted GEM-134 minigun used by Lee Majors in the beginning of the movie was, in fact, the same stage prop used by Jesse the Body Ventura in Predator. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that's I, awesome! I wanted to call it out, but I was like, oh, I got that in this shit. Yes, you fucking called it. Look Hell at the yeah. fucking big brand of bread. Nachos, nachos, you... <sighs> This is why this works so well. You see things that I don't. I come fucking from these movies from such a high level, and even if they're terrible, if I had fun in one scene, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a good movie to watch at least one time. But you, you, you have this ability, this keen eye. You're never on time for things, but no, goddamn it, no. you can fucking just you see like the smallest fucking thing, and you're like, that's the goddamn gun from Predator, or close enough to it that I can fucking make a reference. And then in fact, it's the same fucking gun from Predator. And don't get me wrong, I've seen this movie. Probably 50 times. No. 30. Probably 30 times. Okay. All right. And I've fucking probably seen Predator just as many times, and I've never fucking once put two and two together. But you. Cincinnati Jeff, you better knock it off or Niagara Falls. (laughs) I just. Is that my Christmas blowjob? I love you. Oh, I love you too, you big gay bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like holly jolly gay, not derogatory homosexual. Right. Of course. Uh, so, fi- last one, filming began in December 1987. With Christmas approaching, director Richard Donner asked the production uh, if they could have the day off. They asked the studio. Paramount Pictures executives refused and said no, insisting the filming should continue on Christmas Day. It's a fucking Frank Macuzo Jr.? Right? Yeah. Fuck That's some off. Frank Cross shit right there. Shut it down. However, Donner outwitted them. At the end of the day, on December 24th, 1987, he officially fired the entire cast and crew. Two days later, on December 26th, he officially rehired everyone. The break allowed the cast and crew to spend Christmas with their families. That's an alpha dick maneuver. Yeah, but you know what would have been, well, fucking horrible, because this is such a great movie. If, uh, like, Frank Macuza or whoever was running this shit's like, nah, we're recasting it. Fuck all y'all. Uh... Probably at that point, they were too heavily invested, but good on Donner for that. I like that. That's some slick shit right there. All right, so give me your final thoughts, your final cuts there, Nachos. You liked, didn't like, and then give me your rating. All right, man. So I could sit here and suck this movie's dick off for an easy 40 minutes. Like, the comedy is fucking impeccable. I mean, we've been doing it for like an hour and a half. So. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, I don't know. The acting, fucking who gives a shit? This movie's awesome. Everybody's fucking hilarious. Um... God damn, this movie made me feel things. Yeah, and you're not you're not the kind of guy that likes um I'm not sappy. Yeah, it like and yeah, it's like you like comedies and things like that, but you you're not big into like these feel good kind of movies. That's not no, your that's not your I, thing. I want you to feel bad. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Not you specifically, but This was a surprising choice by you because this is a moving My god, I film. cried so many fucking times like a little punk bitch. Uh, like I said, Niagara Falls. Niagara there, Falls. There you go, gang. Nachos. There, there's the drinking game. <laughs> Every time Frank whacks his head, uh, somebody gets booted in the nuts. <laughs> uh, Every time Carol Kane rips his lip off. Sweet Christ. Okay, straight up. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> um... Danny Elfman soundtrack, that's fucking boss. Uh, special effects are fucking amazing. The story's legit. I Did mean, our it, people do that? It's it's a retelling of a classic. Um, 
It's a classic redemption tale. Um, I put this right up there with Mickey's Christmas Carol. I uh, see, I'm gonna get a little little Grinchly over here. I love this movie, but it kind of falls apart for me in the very last five minutes where everything gets a little like sappy SNL, like holly jolly fucking okay. Cause I am starting to appreciate Christmas. I'm very, yeah, you hate, Christmas. I hate Christmas. Like my parents were murdered by Christmas on Christmas and then raped by, by Christmas. Christmas. And then, yeah, Rudolph is just jacking off like <laughs> in the corner and I got to catch it on my yeah, back. Getting ass raped by jolly old St. Thick. Uh, we can build a snowman. We can build a blow man. Oh. <laughs> anyway, no. Um, fucking 99.7. You know, it's almost 100. Oh, no. I give this I give this movie uh, 9.99 uh, Lee Majors out of fucking, <laughs> I don't know, 10. I, this movie's great. Other than that last little last little bit, that's it. <laughs> it's you know it's everybody's different i totally understand i love this movie i've watched it every year uh, along with most standard holiday films bill murray of course is a treat he is the same but different uh it, it's like a different it's like he's like chevy chase but not right it's like a steak but it's like a different chevy kind chase of steak you know, it's just, I love Chevy Chase movies. I love Bill Murray movies. They have the same kind of just dry wit about them. And I just, it makes me always just laugh no matter what it is. There's always something new to catch, too, from them that I just always enjoy. I love all the dated 80s references, right? All the cameos and shit. Yeah. It, Fucking it, Buddy Hackett. Jamie Farr, who I had to look up, is surprisingly still alive, by the way. Who, who is that? What'd he do? He's That's uh, Jamie Farr. That's, uh... Uh, uh, from MASH. She's Clinger in MASH. The one who always wears the dresses and tries to get kicked out of Vietnam. I didn't watch NASH. Or MASH. Na- I, watched I Nash. never watched NASH. I watched NASH Bridges. Nash Bri- I watched NASH Bridges. Uh, um. But anyway, you know, at the time, these people were fucking hot celebrities and icons. I know most of them from growing up in that age and era. I just, I love it. I love seeing it. It adds a lot of humor to it on top of the horror elements that have always been present in the Charles Dickens classics. But... Yeah, we burping. This tale gets very serious when it needs to, but still always funny at every given turn. You know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to step all over your fucking toes real quick. I overlooked in my rambling the serious terror and the scary parts of this fucking movie. When they're scary, they're fucking scary. Oh, God, yeah. When fucking corpse mode blasts through that door, that's fucking terror. I was like, God damn, we got Ghostbusters up in this shit. Uh, when he's cooking in that box, death also at the very end. Big death when uh, they open up his shit again. Like the tortured souls. I have like candy canes, little treats and shit. They do, yeah. At the very I, fucking end, that was fun. They're like holding presents and shit. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to emphasize, emphasize, infantile, yep, abity, yep. Insert. Make it gooder. Uh, some scary shit in this fucking movie. All right, go ahead, buddy. So, as a character, Frank does have his ups and downs, right? He's fucking nice and then, like, shitty, like, all in the fucking same minute, which is very interesting. He flips flops back and forth uh, from being a likable guy to an asshole a few times, which kind of can throw you off uh, if you've never seen this before, but it puts him right where he needs to be in the end. I love the ending, right? Like, I just, I love feel-good shit. I don't mind crying. I fucking know that I'm going to cry during this. I cry when I watch The Iron Giant, you know? And I still watch it. It's fucking great. Uh, and then, of course, you we can see a solid gold areola if we pay attention. 
two of them. Yeah. In a butthole. And I'm really looking. Hell yeah, bitch. Um, Sorry, you're I crazy. give this eight flatulating buttheads out of ten. All right. <clears throat> I got to get real serious here for a moment. I know we joke around a lot on the podcast here. I seldom get religious and things like that, but God damn it. It's Christmas. So we need to talk about a very special child. Okay. A child so special is molded in the image of a god. All right, tell me. A child so important to this realm, he's met with thunderous applause wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. Wherever he goes. A child so flawless, he was sent to protect our mortal souls from fatalities, babetalities, animalities, to save us with his electric dancing and fucking friendships. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. She's no, I'm talking about Kid Thunder, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm talking about Kid Thunder, Raiden's fucking nephew, who shows up in Mortal Kombat 2 and his friendship. Yeah, and I know, I know they did fucking uh friendships for to, to, to the fucking piss off the soccer moms because they're like, hey, all well, the ultraviolet moves. So it's like, you know what? Hit him over the head with satire. All right. So you wanna talk you wanna talk you wanna talk friendships. Well, yeah, we're we're getting there actually. Um, okay. Uh, I was going somewhere with this. Why I just I lost my spot. Uh, yeah, you should hurry up. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about one of my favorite parts from the Mortal Kombat franchise, and not Jesus or Christmas. Let's talk about the fucking friendships. Do you have a top five friendships? So I assume you're bringing this up because Mortal Kombat 11 just got the new like friendships DLC and everything. So. Actually, no, that was totally unrelated. Okay, this is just how my brain you works. You just fucking random <laughs> on on fucking call me kid random. So we're doing top five friendships from the Mortal Kombat franchise. Yes. All right. All now right. we did reach out to one of our previous guests and friends, the House of the Phantom Bastard, to ask Revenge his opinion. Of the House of the Phantom Bastard. And he said, "Fuck you, friendships suck." And then he gave me no fucking information. Yeah, else. he did not. Prefer- Form of friendship. He performed a uh, big dumb bitch ality. Yeah, jerk. We love you, bitch. Um, All right, so go ahead. You do. Uh, you want to do your top five? Hit me. Number five in no particular order. Obviously, the Kid Thunder from Mortal Kombat 11. Because my favorite shit is I remember playing Mortal Kombat 2. I fucking sucked. The only thing I could pull off. You still do, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm fucking terrible. Fuck your face. Uh, so I I said that as you adjusted your. Oh, I heard you. Okay, yeah, loud and clear. Kid Thunder in part two or uh, in part eleven, he fucking summons his nephew. They they play dubstep and they dance like Tron. And then Kid Thunder starts break dancing, and then he goes, "Kid Thunder, what do you got, buddy?" No, no, hit, hit me the rest of them. Oh, okay. Um, all right. In no particular order, when Cyrax does the Charleston. You know what I'm talking about? That little Vegas knee dance flip over shit? Yeah. In part three. Um, <laughs> when Robocop does the robot in fucking Mortal Kombat 11. What is that? <clears throat> Two or three? No, that's that's three. Um, when Kung Lao throws his hat in Mortal Kombat 3 and the dog goes and chases it. And then you hear him go, Yarp! <laughs> Because I never, I never heard that yipes, so that means he cut his mouth on the hat, that poor little guy. And it's a tie. It's either Noob Cybot splitting himself in half, and then they're jump roping, and Noob Cybot is jump roping with his guitar clones. Or it's when Jax has the saxophone solo in fucking Mortal Kombat 11. God damn, get out of my fucking mind! I kind of went... Alright, so... 
For me, again, like you said, in no particular order, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Kano using his later uh, laser eye to start a grill and fucking has a barbecue. Did you see what is on the fucking grill? It's like fucking sausages and shit, but it's in the shape of the fucking... Shrimp. Yeah. Shrimp on, on the, the barbie. barbie because... And it's shaped like the fucking little Mortal Kombat dragon. It's good. That's, that's on my list, too. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3... Kung Lao throws the hat like a frisbee, and the fucking dog. Like he, I don't know if he accidentally kills the dog or what's going. Well, on. Well, he throws the hat, then the dog chases him. That's fucking fun. Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, Striker. He turns himself into a crossing guard, like holding up a stop sign, and then waves on the fucking roster of the entire game. And, and so the it's dog. in it's in Mortal Kombat three. It's in Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, and I think it's in Mortal Kombat trilogy. So, like, Shape it's just fucking the whole roster. So every time you play the game it and, like, the newer version, just the fucking roster gets bigger. So just more and more people who just run by and the fucking opponent's just like, what was going on? It's fucking hilarious. Like, he blows a little whistle. Like, um, then, uh, okay, so some honorable mentions here. I've got Jax who puts on the shades and busts out funky grooves while playing the saxophone in Mortal Kombat 11. I love it. Of course, also... Mortal Kombat 11, Noob Saibot, splitting himself into three, and then doing the double Dutch jump rope. And it's fucking too good. Dance it's moves. too good. My favorite one of all time, though, all right. is one of the originals. Okay. This is my number one, Mortal Kombat 2, and of course, it's Sub-Zero. Crouches for the attack, then pulls out a lifelike mini Sub-Zero doll, and a message appears on the screen What's that says, What's it say, buddy? Buy a Sub-Zero doll. <laughs> I, and he's just like pointing to it. He's like, ah. I think reptile <laughs> apes that. And you know what? Uh, how did we not say fucking Johnny Cage, the eight by ten glossy? Oh, and he just with the signature. Um, I had I had a in fucking Mortal Kombat eleven when Kung Lao teleports out of the ground and has a fucking choo choo train around his hat, and he's just spinning like this is the best. Choo-choo. I love this. Um, and um. The collector in Mortal Kombat 11 when he's the one man band, I don't know that that makes me fucking weak. All right, uh, if we're all uh, friendshiped out, I want to talk about how fucking dumb animalities are. No, they're awesome. Scorpion turns into a fucking penguin. They're fun. Scorpion. It's extra fucking. It's extra blood for no reason. Scorpion turns into a penguin. Yep. Noob Sabot turns into an anteater, and Sheva. Uh, Shiva, sorry, wrong franchise. Turns into a fucking scorpion. What the fuck is that? I, uh, as me. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. All right, so that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, we'll be back very shortly with Thanks, a um, uh, episode for The Mandalorian, and then tune in uh, in a few, at least a week, uh, oh. where we cover down Phoebe Cates and why she wants to slit her wrist and why these old ladies are so okay with fucking dog murders. Actually, no, we're going to do Night of the Iguana. Okay, all right. Yeah, sorry, guys. So appreciate you tuning in. Thanks, Thanks for coming out. And remember to always stay, stay spooky! spooky.